0: Okay, guys, uh, we just finished taping. Special show today. Uh, There's a baseball focus. We talk at the end about, hey, it's baseball only, like, at the end of the pod. But we ended up having, like, an extra best bet and something that applies to a lot of other sports. So if you're on the fence, you probably want to listen to the end through the baseball kind of deep dive. Otherwise, we're talking, obviously, some Deshaun Watson and uh, quite good. Also good, a quick coupon for you here. Hall of Fame game goes Thursday, and here's the coupon, HOF25. Now, H is for hall, O is for of, <laughs> F is for fame. So there's five characters, HOF25. What is that? 25% off. Now, when, how would you want to use 25% off? Well, you have two real choices. One is now's the time. You start missing games if you don't have your season access and it's as cheap as it's ever going to be so think about that now if you buy now you get it as cheap as it's ever going to be from here on and you get every pick including the preseason if you wait you pay more and you get less picks hmm let's let's think about that it's saying get it now get all the picks cheaper get it later get less picks only some of them for more, I think now. And you know what? Now that you have 25% off it, even better. HOF 25. If it's FASIC, great. If it's AJ College, great. If you get their special combo dream team package, great. And you know what? A lot of other great ones too. Or if you just want to dip your toe, hey, Hall of Fame game's coming up, you can get 25% off a pick there or any pick really. Enjoy that. HOF 25 on to the show. Whatever happens here, stays here. Vegas. It's a special one-on-one with Scott Seidenberg. I'm RJ Bell. Fezic, it's it's I'm sorry to report. And a lot of people get emotional about Fezic. He has COVID. But actually he doesn't. He doesn't. His wife does. Yes. His child Johnny, does. And for some reason, that may...
1: I guess he's... We're hoping he stays safe.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing... Not funny, necessarily, but the ironic thing about it... That's the Tecmo injury. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, I've never seen...
1: Picturing se- Bo Jackson running <laughs> around the field and then backwards. and then, you
0: know. <laughs> I've never seen someone try to avoid COVID more than Faz. Oh, yeah? But, but, I mean, like, he had a HazVat suit. Oh, like, wow. Literally, he had a welder's mask yeah. when he would go into the casinos. And... Now he's got. If he turns to the left, there's a COVID case. Mm-hmm. He turns to the right, it's a COVID case, and he's just stuck in the middle. I would
1: think all this weight he's losing, you know, he's in too good of shape to get COVID.
0: Or he could be weakened.
1: Uh yeah, eh, good point. <laughs> think about that. Didn't <laughs> Let, think about that.
0: Let's be honest. I think there's a good chance he's weakened. <laughs> what do you think,
2: Mackenzie? I think he's probably more weakened than strengthened by. Yeah. Whenever, himself. whenever
0: someone's trying to drastically lose weight, mm-hmm. you see it in the UFC. It. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it strengthens them. They don't look stronger. Mm. I'll give you an example. He's emaciated. Not yet, but that's his goal. When your goal yeah. is to be emaciated, <laughs> you're usually not strong. There's someone, who was it? Oh, it was that. Uh, I was listening on, um, it might have been Joe Rogan, and it was uh, Jordan, he's a guy who's an evolutionary biologist. He's like real controversial because he seemed right wing sometimes. Jordan Peterson maybe is his name, Jordan Peterson. But... Um, he says he's gone on a beef-only diet. He doesn't eat anything but beef and water, mm-hmm. which sounds like the complete antithesis of what a healthy – Yeah. And apparently it's the best thing for him. And I do think with eating it's more uh, – what particularly you like. – like some people are lactose intolerant. Some people, Okay, yeah, it says Jordan Peterson's all-meat diet in the uh, Atlantic. That was when? In 2018? I wonder if he's still on it. Huh.
1: But um It's like the liver king on social media.
0: But it is funny, and Rogan talks about this himself, is that he eats, you know, he loves like um hunted meat, you know, meat that's wild game. Yep. Personally, I, I can't imagine eating all vegetables and feeling like you're I, cause when I eat vegetables, more vegetables, I feel better. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't eat a ton of so if I'm really focusing on vegetables. Yeah. But if all I did was eat vegetables, never had fish, I think it would – and again, I'm just going by my gut feeling. I don't think I'd feel super strong. No. You know? And and I wonder why the diet seems so – like what is ideal in the eyes of society doesn't usually feel like it's really ideal.
1: But what is ideal has also changed over the years.
0: But wouldn't you say it stayed the same or so for the last 10 or 15 years? I mean ever since the whole f- food pyramid yeah. got thrown out and yeah. there're too many grains you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. in general if I had to fight someone if I was going to be in like a UFC fight I don't want them eating only vegetables.
1: Yeah, go vegan just Yeah, yeah
0: I just, wouldn't yeah. want them, I mean I wouldn't want them eating like great raw like buffalo or anything. No. not raw but like seared buffalo. Yeah, you you want all that meat protein. Exactly. Yeah. Top the food chain, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, so we're going to have some fun. So Fez is on the injured list. He'll be back uh, you would think next week.
1: Actually he's on the physically unable to perform list.
0: Listen, we don't AJ's talk we don't talk, about, AJ's ho, 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 ho. we don't talk about his sex life, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever you want to do. That's cold. Not... <laughs> it's cold. What? You said it. I didn't bring up that. You said Fez is unable to perform. I said he's on the pup
1: list. Yeah. Unable the physically to unable
0: to perform list.
1: Well what is that? Mean? I didn't say what he was unable
0: to do. <laughs> the funny thing is when you started to talk your way out of it, you actually talked your way into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Now, AJ also, how, what list is he on? He's on the IL. Yeah, and listen, I'm going to give this guy some credit. I mean, he, he, he blew out his knee like four months ago. He's been limping around. I don't know what insurance he has, but it, it's, not the, it's not the best, I wouldn't think. But um, then, he ha- then somehow he had it, what, about three weeks ago he was going to have it, McKenzie?
2: Yep, and the doctor got sick.
0: Yeah, the doctor got COVID, I think. So anyway, he had his surgery today. And you know he was like, I'll try to be back tomorrow. I'm like, dude, take the you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. relax. I go, but if you're not back Thursday, I start docking pay. So you know, no big deal. So, but I thought this is good. On the baseball trading deadline, we're taping on uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. evening. This is a day to focus on you. You're the baseball guy.
1: It was a fun day too on SOV.
0: No doubt. So on straight out of Vegas, we talked about, but you could almost look at that as the 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 the, the mm, what would you call it? The dress rehearsal. This is the a perform. This is the night performance with the the heavy hitters. Yeah. So let's do it. Dealer's choice, any baseball topic, probably trading deadline related. You take off.
1: Juan Soto to the Padres, the biggest news at the deadline. The Padres go from
0: 22 to one
1: to win the world series hours ago to now 10-1 to 1 and actually less in some spots as people are coming in on the Padres to win the World Series. A lineup now that includes, Juan, when healthy, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Tatis. They had to give away Luke Voigt because Eric Hosmer refused to be traded. So is, is he was a big bat in Voigt. Is but that they, the
0: three-point shooter for the, um, uh, <laughs> what's that dude's name that is the defensive only, but he made a few threes for Oklahoma City? Is it? I think it's Voight, right, Mackenzie? Who is that dude? No, it's um, not sure who you're referring to. All right, well, maybe go to Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's um, uh, what's
0: his name? L- he had a bunch of three they had a Remember when Oklahoma City played in the playoffs I guess they Yeah, you think of a
1: Lou Dort? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dort, yeah. boy, it kind yeah. of sound, I mean, sounds similar, let's be honest, but go ahead.
1: Luke Voigt, former Yankee slugger, uh he um is on his way now to uh, to the Nationals and uh Eric Hosmer then went to the Red Sox. So
0: did the Padres get the the proper Hall
1: Well, they got Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Well, the Padres
0: got—I'm sorry, mm -hmm. did did Washington get the proper haul?
1: I think Washington got enough to have players that will contribute this year and also for several years from now.
0: If you were a fan of Washington, would you feel good?
1: I won my championship three years ago. I feel good for the next ten years.
0: Is that how you are as a Yankees fan?
1: As a Yankees fan, I'm a little upset that they haven't won since 2009.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying is if they win this year— And it's like five years from now and they're not doing well. You're just going to say, yeah, but we won in 22.
1: Uh, Championship for the Yankees for my
0: fandom buys me like three, four years. Okay. So how old were you when they started? What was it, 96? 96. How old were you then? 12. So you don't – really, you don't know the pain.
1: I know the pain of, I guess – yeah. What, not winning for like eight years? No. I mean the, in the early nineties it wasn't good.
0: You were and like, well, I, I, so when you were nine years old.
1: Yeah, I think I, I I fell in love with baseball when I was probably like seven, eight years old and but started you, playing baseball. But, but you know
0: they got people that haven't won like whatever city it is, they like say they're seventy two and they haven't won a yeah, title. You know, but that also kind of.
1: like growing up, like the Mets had won in eighty six, mm-hmm. so they had won more recently than the Yankees. And in eighty six you weren't even born, were I was born in eighty four. But I'm saying so, but you don't remember when you were two. I don't remember I'm saying as as people were fans yeah. around me you know it was there were more Mets fans around me I grew up in Brooklyn there were more Mets fans and the Mets had won more recently than the Yankees Okay and it wasn't until really the 94 season where the Yankees were one of the top teams in baseball and obviously the strike shortened short and season ruined that. Uh Don Maddenly would have won the MVP that year. All right. So
0: what you're saying, Manley would have won the MVP. But Manley wasn't even on the team in ninety six.
1: Right? No, I'm talking ninety four. Yeah. The but what strike shortened year. '94 had an MVP.
0: Maddenly was so good he would have won the MVP, but then he was out of the league by ninety six? No, he
1: played ninety five. That was last year in ninety five. Boy, that's wild, isn't it? Back that? injuries. He couldn't do it again. Yeah, anymore. but
0: that's unusual that they say the year before you're done that you play so well yeah. that you're, you yeah, know, I think he, he,
1: he had gone into 95 saying this, this was gonna be his last year.
0: Did you bat like him a little bit, like with the crouch over? A little bit. A little bit. A little okay, bit. So what you're saying is, and this is important it's too young to grow a stash. But <laughs> this is a, well, you had some <laughs> mascara for I did your the mom. milk
1: mustache and say I was Don Mattingly a little bit.
0: Here's what's fascinating. You somehow spun it that it was courageous to be a Yankees fan. Because you're saying, I grew up in Brooklyn. I was surrounded by Mets fans. Yep. The Mets had won most recently. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to take the, the team. You don't like everyone and the team that hasn't won. Yeah. I'm a Yankees fan. Yeah. Boy, that that's some, real spin, that's some real spinning there. <laughs> Go so,
1: so, yeah, it buys me a couple of years. Then, yeah, 96 came, and I remember banging pots and pans on the terrace and, and celebrating you know, you, that. you know
0: you're painting yourself into even more of a corner because really – you had the dream childhood baseball-wise, which was you feel like, oh man, my team—it's hard to win. If they ever win, it'll be so exciting. But you only had to win feel that year. for like a year yeah. or two, yeah. and then from like age twelve to like graduating high school, they're yeah. competitive every year.
1: Ninety-seven was tough. I mean, you know, losing to the Indians—it's just
0: now. How's that compared to uh, against the Florida when when uh, Rivera blew the save?
1: No, Rivera blew the save against the Diamondbacks.
0: Arizona—that's yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that
1: yeah. was painful because that was after nine eleven. So that yeah. was that it
0: felt like it was just one, oh, we'll be back, but that was it yeah. until A Rods, right?
1: No, they went back two years later in two thousand three.
0: And really I don't remember that. They, and they lost to the Marlins in two thousand three.
1: I don't even remember that one. That was the Josh Beckett, AJ Burnett, those, okay. those pitchers for the Marlins.
0: So they before so they were one and two in their last three World Series. They won the A Rod one They won left. in
1: two thousand nine. Uh-huh. They lost, yeah, they lost in O three, lost in O one. Yep.
0: Okay. And they haven't even been to the series since they since won. Since oh nine, no. Wow. I wonder what kind of odds you could have got on that. Saying next uh, twelve years they won't make the series. I mean, they've
1: gone to the ALCS many times. They lost to the Astros, and yeah. All
0: right, we are the Dream Preview Special Edition, Baseball Edition, and we're gonna talk a little Deshaun Watson. We're gonna talk a little. You know what we'll do? We'll do baseball at a high level now do the football and stuff, and then do a little deeper dive of baseball at the end. Okay. So let's stay high level. Mackenzie did some good research in real time regarding Soto, how good he is, and, and how young he is. Because my thought was, yeah, he's amazingly young. Maybe he hasn't performed enough for us to be sure that this is what he really is. Well, we debunked that. Mackenzie mm-hmm. did. So this is what he did. He has OPS. On base plus slugging or something, I don't know. Okay, but it's a good stat. People like it. And he says, All right, I'm gonna take all the players that by their age 23 season had 500 plus games under their belt. Now think about that. 160, let's say you play 150 a year, three years, 450, you gotta play another 50 games. You gotta play three plus full seasons almost. Before age 23, that means you're starting 20, 21, 22, 23. You're pretty much started in the majors by 20. This is like a rarefied group. And we said, okay, amongst that group, let's stack rank them by OPS. And Soto is fourth. You might say, okay, that's good. But what does it mean? Well, Mackenzie, name the p- other people on this list.
2: Ted Williams, Jimmy Fox, Mel Ott, all Hall of Famers, then Juan Soto at number four. Eddie Matthews, Hall of Famer, Mike Trout, Future Hall of Famer, Mickey Mantle, Miguel Cabrera, Aaron, I mean, Alex Rodriguez. Everyone on this list, the top 18 guys are all Hall of Famers or Future Hall of Famers, like Trout, Cabrera, and probably Bryce Harper.
0: And I mean, really, if you look at this list, it is Ty Cobb's number 16, Bryce yep. Harper's 15. There's, I, I'm not sure I should know this guy, Arky Vaughn. Who's Arky Vaughn? Oh, it was 1935, so... Now, that's funny. A lot Like, Mel Ott was old school, but I, um, I know Mel Ott. I know Jimmy Fox. I don't know Archie Vaughn. Huh. A-R-K-Y-V-A-U-G. Who'd he play
1: for, the Red Stockings?
0: It looks like yep. uh, he's got the Wikipedia up right now. Dodgers. Yeah. You didn't hear of him either, huh? Never
1: heard of Archie Vaughn.
0: Yeah. I've heard, I think I've heard of everyone else on this list. Orlando Centipedes on at number 14. So what we're saying here... If you play a lot young mm-hmm. and you play well, you're you're a superstar. I mean, it's almost a hall of, almost a sure hall of fame.
2: How many of these are
0: on the hall of fame?
2: The top eighteen on the list all made the hall of fame, except Soto. And we're, we're or, or we're, are active. Yeah, yeah, we're speculating with Trout.
0: Okay. Well, but almost Trout, for sure, Trot
1: okay. stops playing now. He's a Hall of Famer. All right, so there yeah. you go. So
0: what I'm saying is, it's almost like Soto. Uh, this would be a huge upside if Soto wasn't a Hall of Famer based on this criteria, mm-hmm. which is great criteria. Meaning you gotta you gotta play really young because this is what they talk about in fantasy football. They say the age of the running back coming out of college is important, and the reason is positions really but running because the reason is if you got to be 23 or 24 years old to dominate college mm-hmm. it isn't as the same as if you're 20 years old dominating college correct so it's not just how well these players will play it's the organization has to say you're going to skip double way, you're going to skip like whatever mm-hmm. path it is to play 500 games before you're age yep. 23 you've got to be the Almost chosen by the team as a special talent.
1: And and they did it already. They did it with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper came up as a 19 year old. And if you look at Bryce Harper's first four or five seasons, Soto has put up arguably better, well, not arguably better numbers, better OPS all five years than Bryce Harper. And and, Harper wound up winning an MVP. Soto last year was second place for MVP. So now Harper is, you look at Harper now, and I think everyone agrees he's. One of the top players in all of Major League Baseball. That's where Soto's going to be in a couple of years. And
0: he's 15 on this list, Harper. So, yeah. and Soto's fourth. I mean, I got to tell you, Mackenzie, I'm going to give you some credit. This is one of the mo- more compelling ways of saying how good is Soto. Mm-hmm. This really says it. He was chosen. And, and people generally, if they choose him and they mess up, they don't get 500 at-bats. He sent him back down. Yeah. Yeah. But if you get 500 at-bats before this age and it's your t- age 23 season – You got something special going on. And he's right. I mean, Ted Williams, number one, (laughs) but he's right at the top of the list with, you know, Jimmy Fox and Mel Ott.
1: And as a 20 year old, had the best, the the most important hit in Nationals franchise history. In the wild card game in 2019, they're down three to one to the Brewers in the bottom of the eighth inning. There's two outs, bases loaded. Josh Hader, the guy who just got traded to the Padres, isn't he
0: on Saturday Night Live?
1: That's Bill Hader. Oh, okay. okay. But I'm sure you can do an impression of Josh Hader. Uh, (laughs) He's on the mound, and Soto laces a bases-clearing single to right field. They go from down 3-1 to up 4-3.
0: They win the game, and they go on to win the World Series. And the right fielder mishandled the ball, Yeah, right? he
1: bobbled the ball, yeah. But, I mean, he would have tied the game. No, 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 for yeah. sure. But, yeah.
0: But when you say a base-clearing single, it, it gets confusing, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it would have been a double. He got thrown out going from second to third, but they yeah. they, gave, they didn't credit it as, as a double because they gave an error to the right fielder.
0: Ted Williams wouldn't have got thrown out. I mean, that's why he's fourth on the <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, I, I mean, t- t- he's frozen right now. Okay. Is he cryogenically <laughs> saved? I don't know. I thought that was the case. They said his eyes were yeah. so good uh, this was on, you know, you love baseball. You should read the, uh, if you haven't the wrong Luciano umpire books, the umpire strikes back was the first one. It was like maybe mm-hmm. 83 where he, he's been in the league for like 15 years. He's yeah. talking about, he said that Ted Williams in like the mid seventies. So this would have been what? 20 years after he mm-hmm. retired, maybe even more. He, he was at Boston at the ballpark, and, he, he, and uh, Luciano went up. because I hear you can see the seams on the ball. <laughs> and he, when the pitcher threw, he goes, yeah, I can, kid. And he goes, well, let's try. So he, they get a batting practice pitcher. First pitch, he says, knocks it out over, you know, whatever, right? I guess left field, right? Because he pulled all the time. Boom. And Luciano said, boy, I was just happy the old man could still hit the ball. He goes, he goes, right above the second seam, and, and they put pine tar on the bat, uh-huh. like on the barrel of the bat. Went and he said literally it was right there the on The dot that was side. right
1: above the second seat, yeah. yeah. And,
0: and they did it a few times. And, I mean, it, imagine, I mean, they say I mean, he was a fighter pilot, right? Mm-hmm. His eyes were like 2010 or yeah. something. Pretty wild. Um, boy, the Williams, the Williams fans back in the day were as... Adam and like the Jim Brown of the old timers. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm a little, you know, I'm older than you. So it's like my, the ones that were old timers for me are, you know, it's always going to be like your dad's people. Right. And it was, it was Ted Williams, which was, I guess, even younger than that, you know, further back than that. But Jim Brown, the people that didn't see Jim Brown play or Ted Williams, the old timers would always say, those are the guys. Who was it like growing up for you that they would say like, those were the guys.
1: Well, it's, it's, it was the Yankees. It was Mantle. Okay. It so was Mi- always, it was everyone, it was always Mickey Mantle.
0: Yeah, the old Meg. I was watching um Bob Costas did a couple of real sit-downs with him mm-hmm. later after he had the uh what was it, a liver transplant eventually. And it was really heartfelt because what you saw was Mickey Mantle was, you know, I don't want to say illiterate, but he was not an educated person coming mm-hmm. out of what Oklahoma yeah. was it. And he was an amazing physical talent. Mm-hmm. And he he liked to party, right? Yeah. And to some degree, it wasn't clear to me how much of it was he liked to party, and how much of it was himself treating the pain he was eventually in with his knee and and all and the that. hip. Yeah. So yeah. and they say that he hurt himself just with a drain pipe or something. I mean, imagine having an asset like that, yeah. and you don't have a field that's even safe to play on. But he it wasn't like he made some deep calculation. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to trade off longevity for... No, he just kind of did what he could to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And one day you wake up and, like, all the decisions are behind you because you're, like, on this path to death that you can't really get off because you drank so much. And he knew it. Like, there was no sense that he was dying tomorrow, but I think he died, like, nine months after the interview. So it was like... And and he was talking about how he finally was going to treat his kid, like, like, get to know his kids and... It was really like an eye popper because he was, I mean, there's no one that was discussed with the reverence of Mickey Mantle. Yeah. I mean, it's like people, it was religious, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm from Ohio. You probably, I mean, give me a, I mean, tell me a story of anything to kind of put some. but how passionately like the Bob Costas generation yeah. loved the Mick.
1: I mean, everyone, did. It's, it, he was, he was God. He's the best ball player. Everyone ever saw.
0: Now, was the older like the grandparents or the great? Were they Dimaggio guys? Because Dimaggio, in yeah. his own
1: way, well, he was the the you know, the, he was the Yankee Clipper.
0: I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean think about those single digits, though. Like, yeah. how did they know to give Jeter that? It's in, like like. It's one of the things.
1: It's like uh, you know they knew how special he was.
0: I mean, because you just can't get now. Num- I mean, like right you now, the Yankees retired numbers. They're almost all the single digits are taken up, right? They're all
1: gone because six, if you retire for, you know, yeah. Joe Torre, technically,
0: you know. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So let me see. Billy Martin had one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that one's as good. Okay. Derek Jeter has two. Yeah. A guy Ruth named then, Babe Ruth yeah, had Ruth, three.
1: Garrig DiMaggio. That's right. Four, and, five. And, and you know, Joe Torre. Six. You know, six. Mickey and Mantle Al, Seven. And Yogi. Yogi and Bill Dickey.
2: Oh. I don't so They think both it,
1: have get retired, though. They both did.
0: So... That's interesting. So, Yogi wore it after, right? Or was it Dickey mm-hmm. first? Or who was first? I would think it first was.
1: First had to have been Yogi, right? Is
0: that right? And maybe not. Uh, I don't even know about no. Dickey. Uh, Roger Maris was number nine mm-hmm. and Rizzuto in, in 10. Okay. And then that's interesting. Between 10, oh, these are just the retired numbers, right? Yes. Okay. So, between 10 and, and uh 20, there's just two numbers retired. They Bill Dickey wore it long before. Uh, okay. Long before, yeah. Thurman Munson, who died in a plane crash. Today.
1: It's uh, August 2nd. Oh, is Today's it Today's really? Thurman Munson Day. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, it was also, uh, I noticed, uh, and again, we're taping on Tuesday, released Wednesday morning, is... um. Is, uh Rucker Park? It was uh, Kevin Durant's 66-point famous performance. I guess ESPN had some footage of it. I think it was 2011 today. But oh, really? It's no. Kinda... It's
1: t- today's every Yankee fan knows August 2nd, Thurman Munson. Uh, now, was he involved? Locker, in some, what, Was his...
0: he uh, that plane crash? Yeah, was was plane that crash. associated with trying to help, like during a catastrophe, or was it just a normal plane crash?
1: No, I think was I'm thinking of Clemente. Yeah. I guess yeah.
0: Clemente. He was trying to help. I think.
1: Yeah, and so that night, remember, the Yankees took the field with no catcher. And that was, like, to honor uh, Thurman Munson. And he, they, his locker remained empty until they tore down the old stadium.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You think I would have brought that over? Maybe they did. Well, I'm saying his locker at the old Yankee Stadium I think was empty. at the new Yankee Stadium. Because I was at the old Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium the last year yeah. that, that, that uh, it was open. And I think they showed where, wasn't it out in center? There was, like, the monument park. What's it called again? Monument Park. Okay, did they move that? It's the,
1: There's Monument Park in New Yankee City. Okay, cool, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That, and that's where you have, like, all, all the plaques. retired numbers. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I got to tell you, when you have that kind of pedigree, yeah. I mean. Well, it, that's
1: why I became a Yankee fan. It wasn't because I was a front runner because obviously they weren't winning at well, that like point. Well, like
0: I said, you were going against none, the grand. No, for me it was
1: because <laughs> when, when I was learning about baseball, and here I am starting to play t-ball and whatnot, and what am I learning about? I'm learning about Babe Ruth. I'm learning about Mickey Mantle. I'm learning, you know, this is who I'm learning about, and I'm like, wow, they're all Yankees, like the best players in the history of the game that I'm hearing about: DiMaggio, Gehrig, Mantle. They're all Yankees, so obviously I'm a Yankee fan because I'm that. That's how I learned about baseball.
0: Oh, it's. Uh, I I can't lie. When the Yankees were comp- super competitive, and maybe it was Rivera, maybe it was Jeter, but I found myself watching every playoff game I could. I mean. I still think one of the greatest plays in baseball history was when Jeter, what flip. was it? the flip? Yep. I mean, that's one of those things that, that, I mean, I know you're supposed to back that up or whatever, but like to do that, the hustle there, are you
1: watching the captain? The, no, the... no, I haven't seen that. Okay. So episode, I think episode two or three, now,
0: where is this at
1: now? It's on ESPN. Okay. So okay. I think they, they've already had four episodes out already episodes five and six or later on this week, but I think it's episode two or three. They talk about the flip. And Jeter says um, that, you know, say Shane Spencer overthrew the first two cutoff men. And his job is to be that third cutoff man. And it wasn't a play like this wasn't an instinctual. Play. That's where he was supposed to be. And that's the thing. This was a play of preparation. This was a play of knowing how smart you are as a baseball player. And the only thing is, is and Posada's great. Posada's like, if you watch the replay... I'm coming out to get McKenzie's the ball. Kenzie's
0: got it on screen right
1: now. He's like, if, Posada says if you watch the replay, he's coming out to get the ball to throw it to second, and when Jeter fields it, he has to take a step backwards, catch the flip from Jeter, and he just blindly swings mm-hmm. his arm at mm-hmm. and if Giambi slides, he's safe. But Giambi doesn't slide, yeah. and Posada nicks his leg with the glove, and the Yankees go on to win that series.
0: I blame Brad Pitt. Who's the third base coach?
1: <laughs> who's who's Brad, Billy Bean? Brad, <laughs> Billy Bean. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he,
0: <laughs> all right. So if you want to see the video, McKenzie found Derek Jeter makes the flip to nab Giambi at the plate mm-hmm. in the 2001 ALDS. Is the title? Okay. Great. Interesting. Your your voice was cracking a little bit when you told me. I, I so. get emotional. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, this is what the, if if sports can get you there, why yeah, not? Right. What 100%. did you have with Ted Williams,
2: McKenzie? He is chirogenically frozen. In Say, two different yeah, places, his head and his body frozen separately. So I don't think they're I putting them kept, back together. I
0: would have kept them together. I mean, I maybe maybe I'm an old school guy, but I,
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know about the si- the science, the science, RJ, the science.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Follow the science. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Boy, Padres up thirteen to five.
1: Are they going to start this second game already or what? <laughs> Still
0: oh, look, you should have had some guts. It's bottom of the second, scoreless. I wanted to go over against you with the Mets and Washington. He said no.
1: A lot of game. A lot of game. No. A lot of game <laughs>
0: <laughs> Degrom making his seri- or a season debut. Two
1: strikeouts in the first inning.
0: Minus three fifty four. It closed at.
1: Wow. Okay. So you are saying there is value on that minus two ninety now? <laughs> May. Uh, yeah.
0: Maybe. Okay. So when I was saying the oh under looks good after two scoreless. Okay. Now Washington just had a World Championship not that long ago. They are selling, selling, selling. Mm-hmm. The Padres buying, buying, buying. And you brought up an interesting point. You said, "Oh, you know, yesterday they were twenty to one." Actually, Mackenzie, let's be clear about that. When the Padres traded for the reliever from Milwaukee, and they didn't have Soto yet, what was the move? And then it went to ten to one eventually. Do we know what the incremental move was?
2: Yes, it was about twenty to one. Our consensus didn't change, but several books did drop. Just All right, so so about. the the reliever
0: whose name is Josh Hader. Hader. It caused a little bit, maybe, you know, a couple, you know, 22 to 20 kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then it was 20 to 10 with Soto. And I think with Soto, it's not just now, but they got two additional cost control seasons. Yeah. So, I mean, this, and he's super young. I mean, he's on that super list, as we said. How can the Padres, who are 15th last season in revenue generated, Washington was 11th. mm mm-hmm. How can Washington have to be selling and how can the Padres be buying?
1: It's just a matter of getting, utilizing an asset to acquire something. Soto's value is never going to be higher than it is right now, especially, you know, mm. just a couple of weeks ago, coming off of a home run derby win. Right, he's on the national spotlight. Everybody's talking about him. You know, God forbid he gets hurt or anything at the end of the year or next year or underperforms next year. Like his value is never going to be what it is right now.
0: So the point you're making is that really his contract we're saying how can the Padres pay for all this they paid for a cheap an elite guy on a cheap contract yep. which is more expensive that's why a guy like Cooper or um the Cowboys traded their number one receiver, Amari Cooper, Cooper mm-hmm. to a Cleveland, mm-hmm. and it was like for you know it wasn't like very much. I can't remember; it might have been a fifth round. It was not much. If I don't remember exactly what, but the theory was, hey, Cooper's on a at the time because now receivers have gone up so much. He's expensive at like twenty yeah. million, if I remember. So he's not that hard. That's the same thing with Jimmy G. Jimmy G has a negative value right now yes. at twenty six million. If Jimmy G was on a five million dollar contract, he'd probably get a third round pick. Is that, so is that what you're telling me, is that it's really not about, I mean, th- though they have other guys they have to pay, mm-hmm. you're saying this is about giving up so many assets to get a cheap elite guy? Yeah. Ah, that's a different answer. That's interesting. Now, these other good guys they've got, who's the best guys on the team otherwise? Machado
1: and Tetis. What's their contracts look like? Machado makes a ton of, he's, he's the highest paid guy.
0: So that's the one where it was like, because they signed him, uh, he was, wasn't he with the Dodgers?
1: He, yeah, because he got traded from the Orioles to the Dodgers. But the Dodgers yeah. didn't
0: want to pay him after, then, apparently. Or they would not him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're thinking it might have been a choice of, of his, or was it just Could financial? Been. Could have been, yeah. And Cooper, it was traded for a fifth-round pick. So you think Cooper is, what, one of the top 20 receivers in the league for sure. Why would he only get a fifth round? Well, mm-hmm. at the time, the contract seemed bloated.
1: Yeah, Machado makes $32 million this year.
0: And in baseball, what's, like the, what's the top, top group make?
1: Uh, I mean, Scherzer makes the most, so he's what forty something million. Okay,
0: so this is right in that bottom of the first tier type, you know, money then. So yeah, it's Scherzer all, it's, makes forty
1: three point three three.
0: So this is pretty much like NBA salaries at this point. Thirty to forty five is the jumbo salary,
1: and it's just yeah, it's just gone up. It's just ridiculous now, yeah, but, which hey, is crazy because like the, when people talk about the money that. Soto turned down from the Nationals because they say he turned down was like a 400 something million dollar contract. But if you broke it down in terms of the average annual value, he would have been like the 12th or 13th highest paid player in baseball. It wouldn't have even made sense. It's like, how does it make sense that, you know, a guy like Anthony Rendon makes so much more money than Juan Soto? So that's why he turned it down.
0: You got to wonder too did Washington even want him to sign? Because if you're going to lose your last really good guy, don't you want to look like you're making a show of trying to, to retain him? So
1: give him a lowball offer and say, but it, and, se-
0: but, but it seems high. It's exactly. $400
1: million exactly. over 10 over 12 years it's or something smar- like that.
0: That's a smart move, isn't it? Because most people are going to say, how could you turn down $400 million? Or, yeah. or at least Washington tried. Yeah, you know, yeah, Washington, yeah, yeah. So that, that actually makes a lot of sense that they did that shrewdly. And like you said, The way it's one thing to sign a 10 year deal. Like, look at Mahomes. I I mean, I think Mahomes already looks like a bargain at the deal he's. What's it going to look like in five years?
1: Bryce Harper signed a $330 million, 13 year deal with the Phillies. Soto's going to get close to 500 million.
0: and, And I mean, here's the thing can Harper really complain? No. That's the point, yeah. right? And, and and to me, and this segues into football, and I think let's do that now, and then we can talk at the very end for those interested. We'll t- go deeper into baseball with your expertise, not mine for sure. Again, if I want to talk about the killer bees of the Pirates in the early 90s, I could do that, but I don't think you can bet on it, I, you know. I was hoping, but I was going to... Well, I
1: got, like, 30 to 1.
0: <laughs> Sid Bream? If Sid Bream's able to score, that's... I actually, some,
1: I, I, that my, one of my earliest memories of, of baseball is the, the early, the 91, 90, 1990, 1991, the Braves, because we... I didn't have cable growing up, uh, but we Station. had the Superstation, mm-hmm. so all the Braves games were on TV. So when I was, you know... Falling in love with baseball, 1991, when am I, seven years old? And I'm um, learning – and I'm uh, – Mark Lemke, Sid Bream, uh, Jeff Blauser, Fred McGriff, Terry Pendleton.
0: The crime dog? <laughs> yeah.
1: Terry Pendleton, uh, Otis Nixon, and then, of course, obviously, you know, Smoltz, Glavin, you know, Avery, uh, and, and all those guys. I,
0: I still remember uh, USA Today put out, like, a baseball ma- – it was, like, a weekly kind of magazine. It looked like – um you know, it was, like, on newspaper paper, but yeah, yeah. it was folded differently, uh-huh. and it was stapled, you know? And uh, I still remember they had something for the—maybe it was a superstation. It had Maddox in the stretch, right? Yeah. Which he, he threw out of the stretch, if I remember, right, always. And he didn't wind up—or am I wrong about that? I can't remember. But um, they have him in the stretch, and it says, Matisse— Mo- Monet, so two painters, mm-hmm. Maddox. Maddox, yeah, yeah, and it was I say, it really, you know, the the Maddox
1: stats. Well, he still has one of the greatest complete games of all time. What do you think? Like eighty something pitches in a complete but, game, but he
0: would go <laughs> years with you know, like like less than half the walks as the, of the yeah. second best, yeah. you know. And the only other guy that had more amazing stats when I was a big baseball fan was Wade Boggs. Because he
1: drank seventy beers on a cross-country flight. I don't know about that one, <laughs>
0: but there was some stat where he, where he only popped up, like twice the entire season. Like it was like literally Wade Boggs popping. Like, oh, I, I think I knew about that. And it was like the guy was. I mean, he almost hit four hundred a couple years, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was a different breed. And uh, I didn't know about the drink until much later. In
1: his first five hundred and eighty-nine at-bats, he popped up only once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> think about that yeah. for a second. I mean, that counts foul outs. That I mean, think about it. If you, you know, just a foul out, that would count, you know, pop it up. Jeez.
1: There was an, I think Joey Votto had that also recently. Like Joey Votto, uh, it was just like two years ago. He had his first pop out in 6,829 plate appearances. That can't be. Yeah.
0: Are you reading it right now?
1: Yeah. Read it verbatim. Okay. Um, any Votto pop out is rare. They've accounted for only 2% of his 4,456 career right, So balls.
0: 2% out of 4,000 um, is going to be like 20 some.
1: It says here, Votto, on three.
0: Maybe foul out. So what's it say? McKenzie's got some that. What's it say? 13 year career, six time All Star. Po- oh, popped up to the first baseman. Popped up, popped out to the first baseman. That's, yeah. that's what he hasn't done. Okay, yeah. Okay, see, if you dig deeper, McKenzie, <laughs> did you see what I did there,
2: buddy? Amazing stuff is always... A- what, what happened? He said he was reading. I said, read it. You have concepts in your head, and you're like, that just can't it, it be can't true. It can't be,
0: because then, then it would fuck with my Wade Boggs story, and I wouldn't, he, I didn't <laughs> want that.
1: But he only <laughs> popped out 1.3% of no, his 6,829 players. It's, uh, it's
0: amazing. Yeah. It's not Wade Boggs. <laughs> no, <it's-> <laughs> <laughs> and plus, drinking-wise, he can't compete either. Okay, let's segue to baseball. Um, Deshaun Watson. I'm not. I haven't heard you talk on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to say. Well, let me ask you
1: something first. Okay. Where do you stand on the public outrage of the low amount of games mm-hmm. relative to the perceived crime mm-hmm. alleged, mm-hmm. and also the comparison to other suspensions for lesser things that have
0: gotten more games? Okay. I think it's a very well framed question. Uh, in fact, I think you're hitting on, I can tell by the question, what you want to talk about. And since it's my show, I'm going to talk about something different. No, is, <laughs> no, I love the question. All right, if you read, and AJ brought this up first, if you read the judge, who really isn't a judge here, it's a former judge mm-hmm. who is acting as an arbitrator. Yes. So let's say an arbitrator. And again, arbitrator or arbiter? I think, I think arbi- it's arbiter. No, 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 no. Arbitor is a saboteur. You say it that is it, way. It's not an independent arbiter. It's an now independent I've heard that. Arbitrator? I've heard, No, maybe you're. right. have heard I've heard arbiter. I haven't heard arbitor. <laughs> well, I was, I was <laughs> trying to be proper. <laughs> yeah. right. Arbitor. Well, so it's arbitration. <laughs> yeah. And the proceedings are held by an arbiter or an arbitrator. Now I think you might be right. I think it's an arbiter. Look it up, Mackenzie. I hate if he is in New York. He. I mean, did you even go to college? Well,
2: Mackenzies. I did. The, I went there, to. three synonyms. Both can be used, arbiter, arbitrator. Oh, okay, so
0: he's correcting the host of the show, and he's. He, oh, no reason, to cor- no reason to correct him. No reason at all. Thank God, because I thought I was way big underdog in that one. <laughs> 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 now, now here, I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. You Said state school. Yeah. I'm thinking it was a because you wouldn't say it that you. That is a practice way you say it. That is making you sound so much because I went to a state school. I went to the Ohio State University.
1: Oh well, Where, yeah, well I mean, they trademarked the
0: <laughs> No, no what, what was your school? If you don't mind?
1: Montclair State. Okay. <laughs> which,
0: but do you see how smart this guy is?
1: Which the claim to fame, by the way, is in uh, I believe it might have been season two or three of The Sopranos. Meadows exactly. having lunch That's with right. uh, Carmela. And they're arguing we about, about this arguing about you. where they want to go to. Square, you know, she wants to go to Columbia and all that stuff, and she screams at Carmela, "Would you rather me go to Montclair State?" <laughs> you
0: know? I think if I remember that scene, she was already at Columbia, and yeah. they, were, they were talking about how much money to donate. I think so. Yes, to make yes, sure yes. She yes, had yes. Yeah. yes yeah. Here's what's funny, and, I, and this is the absolute truth. If I was hiring someone, like in an interview, and they went to Montclair State, but were smart enough to say nonchalantly, "Oh, just a state school," like you did. Mm-hmm which sounds so much better than Montclair State, and then someone else went to like a really good state school, you know, let's say a high State, I would rather have the guy went to Montclair or the gal that was smart enough to brand themselves as just a state school graduate. Yes. Yeah, because that's smart. She, you see that, Mackenzie? Somehow you've Alleluia. taken your Yale degree and made it a negative <laughs> through your bragging, the tattoo you got. How many, is it true you had two Yale tattoos and, and then you got one removed?
2: I actually got both removed.
0: Okay, okay.
2: (laughs) Okay, now,
0: to answer your question, Mm -hmm. I think, and AJ is the one that came up with this first, to think what the arbiter said, (laughs) 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 who's not a saboteur, they said, if you want to start a new criteria, you know, like a new system of punishment, meaning these kind of crimes are going to get severe punishment, you've got to define it beforehand. Mm-hmm. You can't retroactively say, oh, this is bad, because you know these kind of things can happen. Now, what are these kind of things? Let's say inappropriate conduct that doesn't rise to illegality, meaning if I went and hugged someone, I'm not a hugger, right? But if I hug someone... And like, you know, run my hips into, you know, their hips into their. You see guys like mm-hmm. gropers and stuff. Are they? They're not breaking any laws, but they're obviously making the gal feel uncomfortable. Inappropriate. Inappropri- inappropriate. So, so to me, the one of the other interesting things that was in the in the, uh, I guess, ruling, was that it was unequivocally anything beyond inappropriate was not only not proven, it was like not even like. No evidence. Mm -hmm. So this you said allegedly and that's how we do on the radio. But really what the arbitrator is saying is there's no evidence of anything like physically grabbing them, throwing them down and force, you know. And again, obviously, that isn't the only thing that could be wrong, but that is a higher level wrong. And they're saying there's no evidence of that. So now we're talking about inappropriate behavior, which I was thinking maybe he turns around in the t- with and his towel flips open. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's not a, against the law because it could be a mistake, but maybe it was done too often, or he'd look down and say, what do you think?
1: Yeah, he's suggestive behavior. Suggestive
0: is a great word for it, actually. Is that... Now, have you read... I haven't really... No, I just, I just said that, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. No, but have you read into, like, what... Like, is there anywhere where they actually have what... Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is we seem to be guessing here. Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere we know that it said, like, this is what happened, and this is what the... I guess it was only what could be proven, yeah. right? And, okay, now is it possible... That he did something that can't be proven? Yeah. And if so, you know what? So could have I last night. I could have done something that was super illegal last night. I didn't, but I could have.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like you, Scott. Yeah, and it also comes down to if, let's say, any activity did take place and it's... Any
0: activity, what, what kind of activity?
1: Any sexual activity okay. took place. Well, I think that
0: we know can... for a fact there was sexual contact with a bunch of these. But right? I'm so, it, one it, is it was it consensual, consensual. Yeah, 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 or yeah. was it you know was it forced? Like there. Well, but, but I think the lack of the force part exactly. has been proven, yes. or at least
1: there's no evidence of and it. And there's no criminal charges of that.
0: And they and they looked at two different counties, mm-hmm. and 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 you probably know, but we've talked about where the grand jury, the the bar to bring the case forward is very low mm-hmm. for the grand jury not to vote to indict. Is really a sign there wasn't much there. Legally. Yeah. Right. Now, my
1: problem with everyone, the, the public outrage, mm-hmm. which I get it. You know, people are they're, they're tweeting out the video of him signing autographs, and they're like, it's sick, it's pathetic. Or whatever. <sighs> this is this is my thing. You have to understand here that this judge, Sue Robinson, was only making this decision based on four cases. Well,
0: but here's the thing. It was the NFL yes. thinking these were the four. Well, remember, it was it. originally five cases. And then one didn't testify. Well, no, it wasn't one didn't testify. It was one, the fifth case, and mm-hmm. this is something we, we talked about. The fifth case was the one that came out in the New York Times where there was the anonymous person that wasn't mm-hmm. coming forward. And then eventually they found out that it was probably, uh, th- that eventually that it was probably a fabrication. Yeah. That, that, okay. So, so if one of your five cases, mm-hmm. Was a lot. Completely lie. shits the mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. That's a sign the other ones aren't too strong.
1: And this is the thing everyone wants to talk about, oh, he, he had his six games for 24, 25 allegations. It's not 24, 25 allegations.
0: Well, it is, but it wasn't but, enough but
1: that, for proof. But that that those have to nothing to do with yeah. this decision. That's a good this point. This decision was only based on the four cases that she was presented.
0: Now, but the NFL's. that These are the ones that they gave her. Because the other one – I mean, what can we assume about the other cases? We don't know. Well, But what we can assume is they weren't super strong. Exactly. And so
1: to be outraged over only six games for 24 civil cases is, to me, almost like – Well, what's
0: it cost them? What's it cost – meaning to sit and say absolutely sick, Mm -hmm. what's it cost – and listen, if you're a woman and and a woman in sports, you know, where you're – I get it because you, I mean, well, you're going to be biased mm-hmm. or you're going to be, let's say, skewed one way because you've probably had chauvinism in yep. your face a bunch. You were not wanted in the locker room, especially the old school that kind of fought through, twenty. you know, like uh, Doris Burke or, you know, you can tick down the list, Linda Cohn. I mean, imagine what they faced, right? So, yeah. like, they're heroes in a way. I, I accept that. But I think... And I also think with sexual assault, and this wasn't that, it seems, but it's just like you want to talk about it. Mean, uh, I mean, not to get too, uh, you know, rated R here, but, I mean, just imagine as a, you know, imagine the idea of just physically being taken and and thrown down and like what a typical sexual assault is it would be so disempowering it would be i mean when it happens to guys and it does sometimes it's like the kind of stuff they never get over mm-hmm. right so i mean it's like i mean the whole prince of tide was a little kid you know that movie was you know that happened to a kid and he could never get over it it's like i totally understand where you're not going to be super rational or, or i don't know if i don't want to say they're irrational you're going to be an extremist, maybe in that area, sure. it makes sense. But we can't let that rule the day. I don't think.
1: No, this decision was made off of these four cases and these four cases alone. Six games is what he got. Robert Kraft was in a rub, was getting a rub and tug at a place that was dealing in human, that was that a place that was dealing in human trafficking, and he got zero. Punishment. But how uh, would he know that? I'm just saying, you, you know, a little more of a nefarious where we actually have proof of things that were going on there. Where and and so he, but, but the
0: case could be made. So let's say in neither case is it a hanging offense, at least what's been proven so far. Mm-hmm. I would make the case, craft uh, isn't. I guess it was one incident where whatever Watson did to impose himself on people it a repeated did it behavior. again and yes, again, yes. right? So, you know, I don't know how to balance yeah, those but things. But
1: you also—and uh, and it's also—it's it's the same punishment as Ben Roethlisberger got. It's the same punishment as Ezekiel Elliott.
0: I think Big Ben was four games. Thought it was—maybe
1: it was a six and then reduced to four?
0: i, I I'm almost certain it was—it ended up four. I'm not sure. Can you check that, McKenzie?
1: But it was also both those cases, similarly to Watson, no criminal
2: charges
0: yeah yeah
2: no i agree and and big ben was six reduced to four
0: yeah okay so here's my thinking i i think that you at the same time can say that if i had a son I would not want him to be Deshaun Watson in this regard. I would. I would agree. I would be. Yes. I would be. And if this was somehow a son that I still had uh, control over, you know, I don't know how this happens when a kid's seventeen or something, but let's mm-hmm. say he did, it would be something where I would be severe in trying to like change the course.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to argue that he acted in that he did not that he did not act inappropriately.
0: I. It is important to say because we are taking the other side in a way because so many other people are mm-hmm. taking the. Oh my God! This is. I think you and I agree on this is that cons- all given the given 6 is is not uh is not lenient I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's
1: uh, I think it's sufficient. I think this is a this is a punishment. This guy is losing pay. He and you can argue about whatever the pay is, right? With the way this contract is, pay is pay. And he's losing it for 6 games.
0: And he's not playing. And he's not
1: playing, and it's a punishment to him. It's a punishment to his team. It's. But uh, I'm saying, but we're not the, Here's the
0: thing: the team knew it, of before, course. So it's but, hard to feel bad for them. But,
1: but, but I just I don't think that you know it's so oh, he got off scot free, and I don't also think that he's you know was incorrectly punished. I, I just think that given all the circumstances and given what the decision was based on, I'm okay with the six games.
0: You know what I'm gonna do? We have a lady who does the news update some days. Mm-hmm. What's her name again? Monty Balaños. Monty Balaños. I've never said that before, but now mm. I've done it and I will not remember. Um, <laughs> not, not because I don't like Monty. It's just a difficult name. Mm-hmm. You think you can remember that? Bola- like in three weeks. Well, Balaños. Yeah, Monty Balaños. Like Manny Banuelos. Exactly. So she was, you know, we were ranting pretty much what you're saying. Mm-hmm right before the news break on straight out of Vegas yesterday. And Mianci said, Oh guys, you know, I can't leave this alone. And her and I, you know, debated for about three, four minutes, three Mm -hmm. minutes. And I got to tell you, it was a really healthy debate because she started at it coming from the perspective of man, he's egregious. It was, and then it was like, yeah, I agree, but he didn't break the law. And if you don't have rules in place, to say this kind of inappropriateness is a problem, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to come down too hard when you're making the rules up as you go. Yes. And she said, you know, I hate it, but I get where it's hard to enforce. You know, like, what would you enforce? And it's almost like we both feel the same way, but coming at it from different directions, she's letting the emotion, and again, it's a a woman, so it makes sense, and she's letting the emotion be first and the logic of application be second. Mm -hmm. And... I'm saying, hey, listen, the emotion makes sense, but my emotion is towards all the hundreds or thousands of people in theory that could be mispunished. I mean, listen, all through history, some of the most egregious things that have ever happened has been the state or an authority dictating punishment to the individual. Yes. In Russia, they put millions of people in insane asylums, gulags, whatever, all because they were political dissidents. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, we don't like your politics. We're going to say you did something wrong. I think you got to be protective again. And let's be candid. We have a history of a black male that is somehow being punished, overly so, for sexual misconduct. Don't we have a history of that being, you know, maybe a little too, uh, not being done fairly in the past? Right? There were lynchings around that. Weren't there, Mackenzie?
2: And... Recently, within the last five years, the famous Emmett Teal lynching, it was revealed he didn't actually whistle at that white woman. So it was completely fabricated. But, but in a weird way, even,
0: but that was the point, right? Once you do it it's say, like, well, what could get, what could get us off? Well, we'll say we, whistled at him. The very fact that that was like the excuse is really sick. It is. Right. So, I mean, I guess my point is right now it feels like it's it, whenever it's wom- women against black male. It does seem like the whole wokeness with black males goes out the window. It's like there's a hierarchy of wokeness. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie, you're a radical liberal. What's what's going on there?
2: It's, I'm disappointed in my people. There is a hierarchy of wokeness. It is like a badge Have of honor. Have you ever heard
0: that phrase?
2: No. I just coined it. It's good It's go, a good one. Go ahead. <laughs> and it's it's, it's disappointing. As, it's
0: not as good as arbitor, but yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because trying to get brownie points with this cause or that cause shows that it's it's fake to you. It's false. It's not something you really believe in. If you really believe in honesty, justice for everyone, then there's no hierarchy. Everyone's the same. And it's not the
0: case. And, and sadly, so here's what I'm going to do. It's a short exchange. I'm going to play it right now with Mianci and we'll talk to you after. First, let's see what's trending. And for that, let's go to the Fox Sports Studios from monsi Bolaños. Well, obviously,
3: I got to say something about Deshaun Watson. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, here's the thing. This Pattern of behavior is not something any employer should be proud of. Agreed. So he may not be violent, but that's not the point. When you're seeing sixty-six masseuses in the course of two and a half years, that's that's not a good thing. That's (laughs) not something you should be proud of. And you can uh, okay. So uh, go ahead, go ahead. And 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 you guys like women. And men like you'll you'll never understand getting out of your car at 10 o'clock at night and looking around you to make sure that nobody is having an eye on you. I put my keys in between my fingers like you guys don't understand how we're constantly looking over our shoulder for any little thing.
0: Okay, so here's the question, though. You understand it. Let's say that the, the, the Sean Watson, what he's done is not, as you said, violent, but it was, let's say, uh, egregiously bad when it comes to the way you should treat women, but nothing's illegal. What do you do if you're the NFL with that? Because there's a lot of other people in the league that are doing similar things. How do you legislate that? How do you enforce that?
3: Unfortunately, like you said, there is no precedent, right? Nobody has done something like this before. I think six games is a bit of a slap in the face. I would have been happy with the double digit. 10, 11, 12. I always wanted the whole season, even though I knew it was not going to happen. I knew that was not going to happen.
0: So what do you do? Let's agree that maybe. Then set this
3: as the precedent. You can't do that. Make him mm. the example. I understand then, then that you don't have anything else. Make him the example.
0: So let's say there's a guy that's dating five different girls at the same time. None of them know about each other. He gets one pregnant. You know, it's something would be like in a movie. Now, how long does he get suspended Hold for?
3: Hold on a second. But that looks like all women are wanting to date this guy. They may not know no, no, that he's just cheating on
0: them. Let's just say there's only five of them, and he's right. But he all wasn't
3: five. dating these women. He was well, hiring in, in them to. He was. he was hiring them to <laughs> massage. No? Is that a no, h- I,
0: I mean, supposedly what's happening, again, we can only go by the report. I right? love this conversation, by the way. Supposedly what's happening is, or what happened was he would get the, w- w- the new women to come. During the massage, he would get somewhat aggressive. Well, aggressive is right. Forward might be the right word. Like open his towel. Hey, my inner thigh's a little tight. And then some of them would proceed, some wouldn't. By all accounts, the ones that didn't, he might try one more time. And then they said, no. He said, all right, I'll let that go. And then, but some of them went with it. Okay, right? the problem is, big-
3: you, he should have never, ever, 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 ever done that. From a masseuse, agree. that must be an awful, horrible moment. I you agree. are a professional. So I don't care if you turned and your towel fell. Oh my gosh, you're so sorry. Nope, should have never happened. And it happened more than once.
0: And thus, you should not be able to uh, be a professional. When you, I think it's a tough bar. Is all I'm saying is I agree with you. If I had a daughter, I would not want her to go through that. If I had a son, I wouldn't want the son to do it. Right. I agree with you. It's, like it's characteristics
3: re- of you as a person that suck.
0: I agree, and you can question why would the Browns necessarily even want him on the team. Right. But I think his right to pursue his profession. Probably, I, sure. I think, yeah. I mean, sure. so that's the ultimate question. Hey, we can continue this though. Yeah, I, no, you know, you so.
3: know, listen, should his career end? I didn't say that. No, that's not it. That's not it. But six games, I think, is a bit of a slap in the face.
0: That is all. I personally think your perspective makes a ton of sense up to the point of how do you actually enforce it. And again, I, I can see your point to, I mean, again, as someone. Uh, that that has loved women and like really felt like family, you know, marriage that kind of thing, is the idea of her having to look over her shoulder and all that has scared me as much as if it was myself, and I don't know how though to enforce it is the question because how many guys in the league do you think have done things that rises to the bar of you being you would find them objectionable? Sure, pro- it's just pro- his probably, numbers what, are, are so percent? high. But we don't know how high the other numbers are, right? There's certain You're right. Dogs. We
3: don't know. You're 100% right. Well, why not make him the example? Why not?
0: And if we did that from here on, maybe it makes sense. But boy, right. that's that's changing the whole league. But th- we appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Sue, Sue, not from Sue Falls, but said, as I've noted above, the NFL is a private organization and can operate as it
1: deems fit. But the post hoc determination of what constitutes prohibited conduct here
0: cannot genuinely satisfy the fairness prong of the standard of review I mean, that sounds exactly right to me. And you know what? For those sanctimonious people in the NFL, just say this. Deshaun is going to be the example that lights the way in the future, and we're going to build up rules that Deshaun would be have to be punished by and then start to enforce them across the league. You know what? Ain't going to happen. I guess here would be my thinking on this is – what did it, you know, I was listening to a Dylan interview, or he did a press conference in like 2001 in Rome. And I, you know, YouTube, if you're on a topic, they just keep feeding yeah. you stuff, which I like. because. Oh, I go down rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dylan, they were saying, Bob, some people look at you like a religion. You're like a god to them. You're like a religion. And Dylan had one response. He goes, well, what are they sacrificing for me? Mm-hmm. And it's like because he explained it because religion is about sacrifice. They're saying Ten Commandments mean you can't do this. You can't. Well, the reason they have to say you can't do it is because sometimes it, you want to do them. Sometimes you do covet the neighbor's wife. Mm. Sometimes you do want to kill someone because you're so mad. And they're saying don't. And the sacrifice is you're following the rules. Another sacrifice is you might give donations, 10% of your income to church. There's all, in other ways is you have to supplement or uh, sublimate yourself to a God. You have to kneel to your religious leader. So now you're saying I'm below you. Those are all sacrifices, right? Well, what is being sacrificed by the woke people on Twitter virtue signaling by saying, you know, sick, or uh, once again, NFL egregious, women don't matter. It doesn't cost them anything. They can look like they are for the underdog. Mm-hmm. Though again, uh, women versus now you might say, well, if it's a black male who's rich, yeah, there are power, di- disparate power there, and I do think that's one of the things that's an indictment of Deshaun was he was in a position to pay them. Thus, hey, do you want to you know yeah, yeah. give me a happy, you know, however he did it. What I find interesting is why didn't we find out how many of these women actually went through with sexual contact because my guess is it can't be it's a real you know it's a real percentage Mm -hmm. now does that mean that anything he did was okay no but it means if they if i don't even know if it means this because sometimes with sexual assault you just don't know how to you know what's right or wrong but it strikes me to some degree if it's a transaction they left with a smile on their face and there's no record of them being upset after Mm -hmm. But then a lawyer comes to them and say, "Hey, we can we I can get you some money." Yeah. They're probably going to jump in, right? Yeah. But but it, but I wonder how many of them were really upset at the time because I think that matters, right? I don't even know if you can prove it.
1: That that's that's the thing. How do you, unless you have detailed records of something that happened, text messages that happened afterwards well, or you
0: know if they did anything that baxter case they'd be supplying those sure right so i don't know i wish we had more evidence you know because this is all behind closed doors right yeah for the most part so my point about sacrifice is here's a way the media could easily sacrifice none of them are going to do it but i'm going to challenge them to do it scott luckily you're not virtue signaling so i don't even have to challenge you on this you cannot cover the nfl for one year tell your boss you have a ethical concern about the uh, NFL all right so you've worked for NBC national you worked uh, you've worked for uh, WFAN some big outfits
1: not the ESPN
0: oh okay i'm sorry yeah oh you were talking about oh yeah michael k okay yeah. there you go oh speaking of michael k i thought you might enjoy this tell me if you can if you know who this is this is kind of interesting
1: Ah, yes. Welcome back to the Michael K. Show.
2: One of our more popular segments coming up. We get to talk to the great, knowledgeable, all-knowing R.J. Bell, And R.J. will tell us where we should put our money this coming weekend. R.J., how you doing?
0: You know something? There's two kinds of people, Michael. One would hear a legend say that and think, isn't it wonderful? I'm among the most popular guests. I'm not like that. I'm thinking,
2: who could be above me? Probably <laughs> Steve Young's above you. I see that. Trey Wingo is a real solid guest. Van Gundy is very good. I'd say you're fourth. Good company right now. Top five right? it is good.
0: Is. I'll, I'll take it.
1: What do you think of that? I remember that.
0: You were you were there?
1: No, I wasn't working there, oh, but oh. I, was, I, I was definitely listening to that show because <laughs> I remember this conversation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed yeah. it because he was answering honestly. He yeah. would have said number one. Oh, Steve was... Young
1: was always the, the best <laughs> guest. <laughs> yeah, they always said that.
0: I'll take that yeah. as – I'm happy about it. I've been waiting to spring that on you. I can't <laughs> lie. So <laughs> the reality is if someone said I'm not going to cover the NFL, how would that go over at ESPN New York?
1: That would be a big stand for somebody to take.
0: They, they're they going to let fire you as quick as they can, yeah, chances, unless well, you're one of the big, big boys. Yeah,
1: like yeah, if, if Schefter's like I'm not covering the NFL this year because I'm not happy with the Deshaun Watson punishment, I think that would be a big deal.
0: But wouldn't that be the proper way – to show your displeasure. If you really were so adamant the NFL is yeah, corrupt, but it's better corrupt, to have
1: Twitter thumbs
0: cuz it doesn't cost you anything. Correct. That's the whole point. So anyone that really has a if someone actually said, "I'm not going to cover the NFL anymore." And you know what? My salary's going to be cut from 110,000, let's say it's, you know, mid level person, mm. 110,000 to 50,000. But you know what? 50000 is a lot more. You can, if you're a decent media person, you can make decent money without covering the NFL. You can sure. feed your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the difference between feeding your family and having two vacations is what you believe is righteous, it seems like you should be willing to pay the price. But you know what? Zero is going to do that. Correct. Because it's easy to say it when it doesn't cost anything. So I don't, I, don't take my, I don't take it very seriously, except it's the predominant response. How much should you suspend a guy for, for what we don't even – inappropriate conduct that doesn't break the law? Like How, how can you decide those things?
1: You can't. And you, have, you just have to go off of prior suspensions. And if you look at the history of the suspensions, there really hasn't been many that have been above six games. So how could they have gotten – I'll tell you right now. Anything more than six games, we'd be going, we'd be continuing this process. There would have been an appeal and this thing would have never ended.
0: How do you now you do understand, or do you, the appeal process?
1: Yes. And by the way, how do you understand? If the NFL's got three days to get this done, mm-hmm. I firmly believe they're not going to appeal. Because they this is the system that they put in place. Mm-hmm.
0: But they also put in place the appeal process. The appeal mechanism. process. I
1: get it. But you don't want to undermine this process the first case. I agree. You get.
0: I agree. However,
1: now, this is the very interesting part about this. This is all hypothetical, okay? My favorite. If the NFL appeals, naturally, Roger Goodell in the league has the final say on the appeal. That's the process. Well, they, they are
0: the decider. They are the, the decider. So, so he would appeal to himself.
1: He would appeal to himself, and obviously the suspension would be more than six games. Because well, you wouldn't appeal you wouldn't appeal otherwise. If that's the case, then Deshaun Watson... And the NFLPA file countersuit. Mm-hmm. and while this is being
0: adjudicated,
1: I was gonna say that word. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I was preparing
0: to say that word. You stole my word. Your eyes were darting out. You stole to, my you, word. Your eyes were darting out to the left. Man, no, I was gonna sound so smart. I'm sorry. So
1: smart. Let's do it again. Okay. Coming down in three, <laughs> two, and one. While this is being adjudicated. Ooh. <laughs> There's a stay of execution, and Watson can actually play in week one of the season. And I bring you back to the Ezekiel
0: Elliott case. No, we that's it. I have not heard that. So what you're saying is the act of them by fiat saying, okay, we're appealing to ourselves it's going to be 12 games. Now
1: Watson and the NFLPA file countersuit. This thing stretches into the season. Watson plays. And Mm. Ezekiel Elliott played until his suspension kicked in in November of 2017. Hmm, Think about that. He played for the first two months of the
0: season. But we wouldn't expect this to be adjudicated (laughs) within a few months anyway. So in theory, he'd play this whole season. Does
1: the NFL want that to happen, or do they just want to just give him the six games and (laughs) let it go away?
0: Colin's point was, and, and it's what you said at the end there, he wasn't talking about the idea of of how the case would drag out and he could play in the interim, but he did talk about how this would stay in the media's attention. It would stay in the nation's attention during that entire adjudication mm. pro- adjudication process, and thus that's the PR they don't want either.
1: Which is why part of me thinks the NFL released the Dolphins thing today on purpose.
0: Oh, but they, boy, that's interesting. You think they would have released it the same day though, like hours apart?
1: Mm. No, they released it today, the day after. kind of. And
0: it makes them look like they're being tough.
1: Or just, it, it's just, it's not about that. It's just about getting everybody to stop talking but about
0: it. it w- but it was a tough decision, yes. too. So, I mean, it's kind of both in mm-hmm. a weird way. Okay, fascinating. Um, Mackenzie, I haven't heard you much on this. Uh, is there any part of what we're saying that you disagree with?
2: No. And I appreciate it as someone that listens to a lot of different content. Nobody else is, I think, laying it down fact by fact in a in a logical way it's a lot of uh
0: because what's, because it yeah. doesn't cost them anything to seem like they're all pro woman right Is, and 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 to me i just I don't know if I just feel an appeal to the underdog. Oh, Jesus, one-nothing bottom of the fourth. But DeGrom might lose this. Look at this thing. Oh, three hits allowed, my goodness. <laughs> uh, is it Now, isn't he famous for, like, pitching great games and losing or something? No run support. Okay, yeah. Boy, this is – my over was a horrible bet there. Phew, I mean, thank God you I, didn't I, have I, the ball. I mean,
1: I've told you this. before. For for a good two years, I was betting against the Mets in every one of the DeGrom starts. I called it the Degrom fade because they were always minus two hundred. Why did you go
0: under Mets team total? That's a good point. Or you could have went just under, just under for the game. Yeah, because it seems like you know he's going to pitch first five under. Yeah, he's going to pitch the first five
1: under, and Degrom starts just always hits because the Mets don't score for him, and he only gives up like one run.
0: (laughs) Is so. I wonder what could, but to some degree, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Once you're cognizant of it, then you start thinking about it.
1: They're all fans. They're all just like, they're spectators. The Mets are just watching him pitch today.
0: I thought, uh, I'm impressed actually, Scott. I thought your take on all this was right. It was very thoughtful. And I mean, it agreed with me. So I, I was impressed. So. And I
1: used the word adjudicated.
0: Well, you, you, after I did. I mean, you could say you had it, but we don't really know, do we?
1: That's the magic of the edit button.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's talk about Debo Samuel. Is it Samuel or Samuels? Samuel, no L, no S. And with Debo, we have Mackenzie Rivers, who is the representative of the San Francisco 49ers here in Vegas. What's, what's your compensation for that gig?
2: No no compensation. Oh, so you, I mean, you have a Not, pat- even,
0: not even like a seat
2: at the grown-up table.: he <laughs> <laughs> The last time there was a family function, the first person Kyle Walken talked to was me. So I feel like... Somewhere he's appreciating me. Somewhere. Now,
0: now when was this?
2: Uh, last July.
0: So he knew you had a national radio gig. Oh, so Mackenzie's moving up in esteem in the family. I'm
2: in the industry. We're just talking shop, talking I, sports.
0: I love. It. Did has has he ever said? You know. Some people call me a genius, but that R.J. man—he's the genius. I mean, <laughs> anything like that?
2: No, he would never call that himself. A somewhat no.
0: No, but he, I'm not saying he would. I'm saying he can say people say that, but that could have been self-deprecating for him. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yes, I don't think.
0: So yes, he said it. Thank you, boy. That was great. <laughs> oh wait, wait. No, what? Give me. What, what's going? I'm confused. He didn't mention you, unfortunately. Uh, what the hell? Okay. I'm going to make him mention me from here on <laughs> out then. I mean, is that a challenge? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just saying.
4: Not talent.
2: I'm not talking about talent. I said genius. Genius.
0: <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Vicky something Barcelona. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yes. Ah, that's good you know that. I've never seen it. But but the fact you know it. That yeah,
1: is... I I know a lot of useless things. like.
0: But this is, uh, to me, it's one of the... Probably the best late Woody Allen movie, I'd say. Uh, hell, I'd say as, after Husbands and Wives. Did you which, like Match Point? Yes, Match Point would be my second favorite. I mean, I like Scarlett Johansson in those tight shirts, where I like. Sure. But uh, <laughs> I mean, she was uh, it was bountiful. But um, yeah, I would say for sure. Post Husbands and Wives. Let's see here. Uh, I might turn it. That-
2: <laughs> oh, well, that's typical with Fez.
0: The line's minus the lines minus 375. We're texting about something with sick Fez, and it's minus 375. He go, I'd lay 300. It's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, what's the old saying? Is he, um, and this isn't about Fez, but on The Sopranos, they were talking about somebody who goes, he bangs his wife on installment plan or something. <laughs> ah. All right, anyway. Debo, you guys, maybe we start with, well, Mackenzie, set up the, tr- the, the signing, give your first take on it, and we've got an impromptu best bet here. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you guys were talking about yesterday yeah. on Debo, but go ahead, McKenzie. set it up.
2: The San Francisco 49ers have reached an extension with wide receiver Debo Samuel. Three years, keeps him in San Francisco for the next four years. $73 million, the three-year extension, with $58 million guaranteed. He's now the eighth highest paid wide receiver by average annual salary.
0: Okay. Now, as a 49ers fan, what do you think of the deal?
2: It's absolutely perfect because he's probably, to most teams, the eighth most valuable wide receiver. I don't think there's a wide receiver that could be more valuable to this 49ers team than Debo Samuel the way he plays. So it's, it's perfect. We get him for three years. We're not overpaying him. I still think we'll have the funds to pay Nick Bosa the appropriate amount. So it's, it's right what I wanted. I'm very happy with it. We... <laughs> Well, I don't actually have to reach into my pocket to pay Nick Bosa, but I just advise and it be funny I say sign if, him. If it's like,
0: man, we're close with Bosa. We need another McKen- McK- McKenzie says seventy uh, dollars. Yes, we can <laughs> do it I'm throwing seventy. Just doing my part. Okay, so when you say more valuable with the 49ers than other teams, explain.
2: Last year, Samuel, when asked about his position, he said, "I'm a wide back." He coined the term. I'm not a wide receiver. I'm not a running back. And that's because he ran the ball more and more down the stretch. He was the number one rusher for the 49ers down the stretch. Eight eight carries a a game. Sorry, I lost my train of thought.
1: I think along those lines, it's why I like the under on Debo's receiving yards this year.
0: Right. So this is a pick. Now, what's the number?
1: So shop around because I'm seeing one book, 925 and a half. Mm-hmm. but last night, McKenzie, what did we see? 9.50 and a half, right? Right, 9.50. 9- a different 50, book, a different though. Different book, okay. yeah. So I think DraftKings had 9.50 and a half. I'm seeing FanDuel 9.25 and a half. So obviously, if I'm going under, I want the higher number here at DraftKings, and I'll keep shopping around see if I can get anything higher than 9.50. 9.50 is a good line, actually. I don't think he gets that. I-, I think that, first of all, do we know what Trey Lance is? No. Do we know? Does anybody know? Mm. So... I mean, yeah, I mean, he got tackled at the goal line last year, cost me a cover, but I, I, I don't know much
0: about him. Well, we, so- know, we know one thing, that in situations with a quarterback that they so disliked, they mm-hmm. were shoving him out of town, that that quarterback in key games was really hurt with, with, with a hurt hand, yeah. and they still would rather play him than Trey Lance as of last year. We do know that, which is not a good thing. Right? It's one thing, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, most rookie quarterbacks start at least half the year if they're a first-round pick. Yep. He didn't do that, and they wouldn't even put him in when the starter who was a lame duck starter was hurt. I mean, that, that certainly says he wasn't ready last year, and his two games he started says he wasn't ready last year. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, from that perspective, I like the under in his receiving yards, and then like McKenzie said, He considers himself such a dynamic player that he has his own position. And I believe he's actually going to be involved more in the running game as a way to utilize that skill set. The 49ers have had a different leading rusher each year for the last four seasons. And I would not be surprised, and I, I wish there was a way you could bet this, that Debo is actually the leading rusher on the 49ers this year. Because the leading rusher, if you go back past couple of years on to see the totals of their leading rushers. They spread the ball around. Exactly. The the yardage is actually not that high. The highest one was um, last year, Elijah Mitchell, 963. Jeffrey Wilson in 2020, only 600 yards. Raheem Mostert in 2019, 772. Uh, Matt Breida had 800 yards. Like, Debo Samuel could rush for 750
0: yards this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there's two takeaways here from that point. One is anything that's over or under, we want to look towards the under because 49ers spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's passing. doesn't matter if it's running. They tend to spread it around. What I'm interested in, McKenzie, have you seen anywhere where his combined rushing and passing y- or receiving yards – uh, or is up? I haven't seen that posted. No. Because here's what I would be inclined to do. Go. I think I would go over on combine. Well, see, I wonder how. Here's what I think is going to happen. If you look at, and then we can figure how to bat it. If people agree with me. If you look at the contract, it's almost built for them to run to run him into the ground or pass mm-hmm. him in the... That, it's like there's no I, I don't like this from his side or the agent's side. It feels like there's hardly any bonuses. That's a tiny part of it. So if he gets overused, if if they want to run him twelve times a game, they want to throw to him ten times a game, I mean, obviously that's extreme. what's the what's the discouragement? he's this is only a short deal, All right, so how many years he had one year left on his contract? Yes. So and how many more years it's three more years. Yes, four so, total. So four total and then he's going to be what like 26 at that point right or how
2: old will he be in 4 years let's see yeah he'll be 20 he'll be 28 28 so
0: let's be honest he's done at that point mm-hmm. i mean if if history's any indication 29 year old running back. so it's almost like the four, and and if i'm not mistaken what's what is the cost of cutting him before the last year one second because it could be a situation that, you know, hey, let's run him into the— gr- I think they're going to run him into the ground. Because the big argument was, I don't want to get run into the ground before I get my payday. Yeah. He's got his payday. hmm So it's like, I-, I got a feeling they're going to use him a ton. I kind of like—so so your bet, again, to repeat it, is— Under Debo Samuel receiving
1: yards. Because the theory is he's going to run more. Yes. My thinking— And is, also, I'm, I'm not high on Trey Lance
0: yeah that's a good point my and and i also think the worse trey lance does the more that they run him almost as an option quarter i mean he'll be running more and more if he's not passing well because because there's no alternative right there's no backup quarterback that's Mm -hmm. i mean assuming jimmy g um last eight games including playoffs he had 63 rushes samuel did 31 receptions so almost double the rushing attempts than receptions I would be inclined to go over rushing yards under receiving yards might be the way to bat it. That's I like that. Over rushing yards under receiving yards. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the rushing yards anywhere, McKenzie? I haven't yet. No. Okay. So in general, I agree with these guys and Scott's best bet, which is with the uncertainty about how much he's going to run, with the 49ers generally spreading the ball around and with the Trey Lance uncertainty mm-hmm. under receiving yards makes sense. I personally think because they're not afraid to put miles on the tire, maybe they rush him more than you'd expect over rushing yards. But it's not even out there, so it's that, that we've seen yet.
1: Let's see. I'm looking because uh, I want to find out the uh, if that number is still available on DraftKings for the 950. Um,
0: if if so, I'd bet it because once it, this pod gets out, who dog? <laughs> now,
1: <laughs> yeah, player totals, receiving yards, Debo. I assume it's alphabetical.
0: Yeah, so so he comes
1: after, see? 9.50 and a half.
0: So it's still out there. I'm guessing this time next week it's low. Oh, they
1: have rushing plus receiving yards. Hang on. Let's see if Debo's there.
4: Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country.
0: All right, go ahead. All
1: right. Rushing plus receiving yards for Debo.
0: So we know 9.50 is the receiving Mm -hmm.
1: baseline. 1,300.5.
0: Okay, so, you're saying 350 yards rushing is predicted. hmm Oh, I'd love to go over that. Absolutely. Ooh, dog. Absolutely. But I can't bet. But, now, here's the thing. Do there's we, no rushing. No, hold, separate, hold on a second. Yeah. Do we do a little arbitrage, hedgy something? I don't know what the word's going to be here. If we go under. under the
1: receiving yards, yeah. over the total yards.
0: Yes. Now, that's interesting because we can win both.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot. There's. A, there's is that? I mean, if but, he rushes for 500 yards, yeah, we have like a 150-yard wiggle room. To scoop. Yeah.
0: And, and let's think about it. It'd be impossible to lose. Now, could you lose both?
1: If that's, he gets hurt. No, because you're getting the under-receiving yards. You can't yeah, lose both. Yeah, so
0: if we go under. So could, well,
1: unless he rushes for totally nothing this okay, season. Okay,
0: that's a good point. So let's say he gets 900. And he 900 has
1: 1,000 1, receiving yards or 1,100 receiving yards, yeah. and he doesn't rush at all this year.
0: Yeah, so let's say he gets 950 receiving yards. Just say right over. And then, um, okay, so we've lost that bet if he has 960, let's say. And now he has to have enough, 350 in his case. So the question is, you're going to split most of the time. But is it a better chance that that we go under-receiving but over-combined? Or is it a better chance that we go over-receiving and under-combined? And, and, I, and I think it's a much better chance. He had
1: 365 rushing guards last year.
0: And, I mean, he didn't really get rushed until the second half of the year. Now, here's my one concern. They said that a lot of the rushing in the second half of the year was about necessity because of injuries or whatever. Does
2: I think that, this year becomes part of the game plan.
0: Mackenzie, you have any say with the Wii? Maybe you can actually come through with something Wii-based right now. <laughs> I think
2: it started off that way with Elijah Mitchell being banged up, but... When Elijah Mitchell got back, they were still running Samuel a lot more. You mentioned the first eight games. He had zero games with two rushes. Last eight games, he had five was his minimum. So it was a completely different game plan, even with the running back back.
0: Yeah, I kind of like that. You think they would put up the, but really they're giving us the rushing yards implicitly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. You like that, Mackenzie?
2: I like it a lot. Just in the last few hours, Samuel reputed. The notes all across the offseason that he didn't want to be a running back, that he was worried about his usage. He said, I gave zero comments about my role. I'm excited to do whatever is needed.
0: Now, that's a very lawyerly thing to say. I gave zero comments, which is code for, I'm not going to deny that my camp was putting this out. But, hey, I've been paid now, so let's not worry about it. <laughs> Translation. Fair.
1: That's fair. All right. Any closing thoughts on this? Uh, whose car are we taking to Arizona? <laughs>
0: Just toe <tell> on. <him>,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> crack. Yeah. <laughs> That's how crack.
4: Yeah. You
1: well, might Put like this little arm. Actually, I'll be in Arizona on Saturday. I'll do it.
0: Well, listen, if the numbers are the same, yeah. I'd love, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, what are you going to Arizona for? Got a softball tournament. Ooh. So you're playing, like, what? what is there levels above your level? Yeah. And how's that? Like, how how are the level? How's it work? So these are all people. Like, is there anyone that was like in the majors and stuff playing now, or how's
1: um, it? I don't think that. Don't like like think college majors, language. but there's yeah. definitely there's some there's guys that are, like a couple levels above me that are, like, do this for a living. That they, travel they around. They the country.
0: They play softball for a living. Yeah. Damn! How good do you have they're to be spon- at softball to do that? They're
1: sponsored by the the equipment companies and all that stuff, and
0: travel around the country. And yeah. Now here's a movie you've never heard of. Okay. It's called Jackpot. And it was set, it was about Jackpot, Nevada, but not about it, but that's where they got the name mm-hmm. from. And it was about a professional karaoke singer. <laughs> okay. But it wasn't like, there was one that, um. who's that, what's that girl's name from Goop or something? Um, Wentz Paltrow? Yes. She was in a movie that was like a professional karaoke or something. This is not that. It yeah. is like, this is low budget. What movie
1: was that? Was like Country Strong or something?
0: I'm not sure. That low budget, gritty. And it was about a dude who was like maybe 35. So he was hitting the end of the road of being like a heartthrob kind of. And he wanted to be a hero, but he had no artistic talent. So he was a karaoke singer. And (laughs) it was so great because he had as much passion for this as anyone has for any, like Derek Jeter didn't have as much passion for baseball or <laughs> had no more passion than he had. So it just shows you how crazy dreams are sometimes. Yeah. And he's like changing in like the bar, like he's getting his outfit on in the bar, people puking like in the bathroom and stuff, and he's changing. He's got a little mirror, like it's a dressing room. Great movie, great movie. I loved it. Very edgy though. Um, you know who, you might've heard of these directors first. The first movie they did was Twin Falls, Idaho. And it was about these two twins that was, it was actually a big hit at Sundance and stuff. You never heard it. But it was a, a group of, uh, of brothers. Mackenzie, maybe put up the IMDB so we can get the name. Um, okay. The Safty
1: brothers that did uh, Uncut Gems?
0: No, uh-huh. though. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that shows New York, oh, that was right in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, the Old Diamond District. That's, yeah. So it's not, so what year was that set in? That
1: was, well, Garnett was playing. So okay. it was probably, you know late, to late, early 2000s.
0: All right, so I'm going to do my best bet. Mackenzie, you can get that IMDb up. So let's say this. The Rotten Tomatoes isn't so great, looking at it now as it comes up on IMDb, but I liked it. It was an edgy movie, and if you don't, well, ask for a refund. But it's free. <laughs> you know what else is free? My free pick. Let's do it.
4: Don't know about the beach. That's anybody's gifts. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
0: Okay, I'm gonna stretch out with this one. And I wanna get some feedback. Let's just have open feedback here. Mackenzie Scott. And here, uh, and by the way, you're a free pick. Thank you. And uh, let's give out your Twitter. It's Scott's On Air on Twitter. And. You know, when he gives a good free pick, we reciprocate. Now, here's a better pick. Oh, wait. I I was thinking that. I shouldn't have said it. I like under Tua passing yards. It's under 4,000 and a half, I guess. Under 4,000. Now, why do I think this? My basic premise of this pick is that Miami is ready and willing to move on from Tua and they're, in a way, going through the motions to give him one more try. If he does outstanding, they'll keep him. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll be ecstatic. They'll, they want him to be the next Tom Brady. But they're very open to the fact that he, it's unlikely he will. And if you look at the deeper stats, you really dig in with his a- average depth of target and 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 the way that they break this stuff down even beyond even the efficiency stats like EPA it's all pretty negative for two. There's nothing or there's not much that recommends him at this point, but he was the fifth pick in theory. He hasn't had an O line really. So maybe you could say with some time, he's going to be better. He hasn't had receivers like obviously Tyree kill and especially combined now, but I believe if he doesn't do extru- you know, better than he's done by a, a, a significant margin that come game 12, game 13, game 11, they'll just sit him, it's over, and put Teddy in and finish the year with an eye towards if it's Brady next year, Uh if it's someone else big, I look at it as they are ready to cut bait. Now, why? Am I just speculating? Well, let me ask you, what was their big offseason signing? Well, there was a Tyreek trade, Uh but they paid out the wazoo for him, but they also paid out the wazoo for left tackle Armstead, now, wait a minute from the Saint. Tua is left-handed. That means his blind side is the right side. Mm-hmm. If you have long-term intentions with Tua, why would you overpay or pay big for a great left tackle? Doesn't seem like what you would do, would it?
1: Unless you plan on having a right-handed
0: quarterback. Exactly. Or at least you're very open to yeah. it. Or you're just going to run a lot for the left side. hmm Now... Perhaps, except we know in the league today, you don't usually sign Tyreek Hill.
1: Now, let me let me let me spin this at you. Okay, okay. okay. And I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all inside baseball here. All right, all right. What if the playbook features a lot of rollouts, and if that's the case, you need that left tackle to be. That anchor on that side to protect to so rolling so, out.
0: So he's going to roll
1: right or he's going to roll left? He's rolling to his dominant side to throw. Okay. So he's uh-huh. either play action or rollouts, and well, therefore the left tackle becomes the important linemen to set the edge on those plays
0: I mean, let me ask you it's possible except what's the last nfo offense that had a significant number of rollouts
1: probably steve young's 49ers <laughs> like, you know,
0: i mean that's what i'm saying i, mean, I don't know if, yeah i mean this is the same thing or a similar thing they said with justin fields hey the O line's no good just roll them out yeah. it's like that's tech mobile stuff yeah. and so so in general i hear you it's just i don't it doesn't seem like it works and and if anything with two uh He's not the athlete people thought he was. He's not a
1: mobile quarterback. I mean, a he, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: he got hurt with his hip because he thought he could make a play he yeah. couldn't make. Yeah. So, if anything, he's gotten timid, I think, because he doesn't want to get hurt again. And, who knows? and let's be candid, is Tua does, isn't real strong when it comes to – he isn't real durable. Last season, he had 12 he – he started 12 games. I, in, in total, he threw for 2,600 yards. So if we go 17 divided or by 12 to get the factor that we want to multiply by and assume that he's going to play 17, his 2,600 yards only equals 3,700 yards. So even if he plays every game on last year's pace, they're still 300 yards behind, right, or under. So to me, what's the odds of him playing 17 games, even if he doesn't get benched, right? I think, if anything, he gets hurt a lot. So if he misses three games, it's almost impossible for him to reach 4,000. So it could be he gets benched. It could be he plays badly. It could be he gets hurt. But in all three cases, we win the bet. The only way we lose this bet is if he plays almost every game. That's has a Pro Bowl season. And he plays much better than he did before. And you know what? That's the premise because Tyreek Hill's there. Mm -hmm. But that brings up one more point. Tyreek is what? The best long ball threat in the game? and Tua has the pea shooter for an arm. Yeah. Why, if you're thinking about Tua long-term, do you get a left tackle, and do you get a game-breaker deep? That's probably not where you spend your money, mm-hmm. is it? Tua, under 4,000 and a half yards, best bet. You know, I saw, uh, like, the just, you know, because Scott was trying to, Devils out and it just hit him and like, damn That is good. Yeah. I, I saw in your face Right, right.
1: I'm also thinking about The fact that I do have Tua uh, in our uh, Quarterback
0: draft <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring It up. I didn't want to bring it up
2: What do you think McKenzie?
0: Yeah.
2: It's a great pick. It's I a great don't... pick You mentioned the signings they made. I think An underrated signing is Teddy Bridgewater They're paying him six and a half million dollars a year that's So that's the second mm-hmm. most expensive Backup and it's the most expensive if you don't include Sam Darnold as a backup because that wasn't the plan. So of planned backups, highest-paid backup paid 40% more than the next highest Jacoby percent at only $4.7 So they're paying him for a reason. They expect him to play games this year. Yeah, but Teddy doesn't need the gloves in Florida.
0: Well, he only needs one maybe. I'll tell
1: you. <laughs> yeah. It's very humid, though. He might be sweating a lot.
0: All right, so we're going to shift to baseball, deep dive, do about you know 20 minutes. If you don't care, hey, don't listen. But I, we should tell you a couple of things. One, well, one main thing. One, AJ and I, before his surgery, already recorded this week's college football preview, in which we go five, four, three, two, one, and he's got some strong picks. There's some back and forth, and there's a bunch of stuff at the end of the pod about art, music, love. Yeah, it's true. Not love necessarily, but love songs. Anyway, so you got some great picks and content, and you got some more that comes out. Thursday morning. So next week it'll be the same thing. Wednesday morning for the main pod, Tuesday for another college edition, and we go from there. And then once we get to the NFL season, we'll be flipping because we like to record on Wednesday for Thursday in the NFL season to have an extra day to prepare and handicap. Okay, so you got the schedule, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you a countdown, and then after. We're going to be in the baseball zone. So anyone that doesn't want to be in the baseball zone, act accordingly. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Play ball. (laughs) All right, you go. You're leading the way, baby. I
1: thought you were going to play the Twilight Zone music because yeah. you said that we were going to be in the baseball zone. So I thought the Twilight Zone would make sense there. Yeah. I was hey, expecting I had... a little bit. Hey,
0: sorry about that.
1: The production value yeah, is just I mean, really you know. not up to stuff. <laughs> <Continue playing. laughs> well, look, the big news clearly is the Juan Soto trade to the Padres. Well, now we're in what, what uh, X-Files. <laughs> um, it's, it, I think the Padres are legit contenders. You have to wonder when it comes down to a series, though, and does their pitching in their lineup now make them contenders to win a series against the Dodgers? I think the answer is yes. I, I think the Dodgers, while they're the best team in the National League right now, I think they can be had in a playoff series because when it comes to the playoffs, it's about pitching. And yes, they have guys like Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin and Kershaw to an extent that have been good this season. When it comes to facing the Mets, who are going to be able to throw Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom in back-to-back games against them, when it comes to facing against the Padres, who can go out there and throw Joe Musgrove and Hugh Darvish and, and, and Sean Mania and Mike Clevenger, whoever they want to throw at them, and now with the bullpen, having Josh Hader in the back end of that bullpen, which shortens the game, I just like the pitching of teams like the Mets and teams like the Padres over the Dodgers.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is there might be some value on non-Dodgers National League champion bets. Yes, All right, let me ask you this before you get into the specifics of how you might bet that. Back when I was a kid, I used to want to do – I didn't know what it was, but I would try to do, like, models. I would say, okay, what matters for playoff baseball? Mm -hmm. And let's say that the choices are your your, um, everyday players – your pitchers, or starting pitchers, and your bullpen. So if, if you had to create a pie for, yeah. the, for the playoffs, mm-hmm. how would you split the pie up on what's important to win in the playoffs? Pitching. All right, so pitching is how much?
1: I would call it— I would, The starting uh, pitching. Starting pitching, if I had to create the pie, mm-hmm.
0: 50%. Okay, and relievers?
1: 35%.
0: And, and the everyday players are 15
1: there's basically it's low lower scoring in the playoffs.
0: Okay, so maybe, maybe not
1: that drastic. Maybe, maybe 30, 30 20. I think
0: I think we go p- starting pitching uh, for forty-five and okay. twenty. That still seems extreme, but hey, this is. But your- I,
1: I would actually lump it because I think I would lump in pitching together because. If but it's it, hard but if, I'm going to put a can, number on but you could utilize some starting pitching out of the bullpen especially Yeah, but that's only go,
0: elimination games, right? For well, the most sure, part. Sure,
1: but unless unless you're going to a 3-man rotation or you're, you know, cuz then there's two starters that you normally have that could be valuable arms out of the pen.
0: Okay, well, if anything, you having extra weight on the starting pitching, maybe that gets explained by the fact they can't be can, relievers. And thus I'm And okay also
1: you can go to a three-man rotation. So, like, the Mets can roll out Scherzer twice in a, in a series. I, you three know times what I'm going to do?
0: I'm going to go bullpen 30. I, I got to have the everyday players worth at least 25. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, makes so sense. 45, yeah. 30, 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go through these teams. And, I mean, you're just we're just giving it – let's do this. Let's say – let's keep it real simple – we do a minus. We do a plus one, plus two, even minus one, minus two. So there's five gradients you're gonna grade each of these for each of the teams. Where even means they're even for a playoff level team. Mm-hmm. Plus one means they're better. Plus two means they're great. All right. So Dodgers starting pitching. Uh, hmm It's it's either even or plus one. All right. Let's give them a plus one mm-hmm. every day. Or let's do bullpen. Even. All right, and the everyday players? Plus one or plus two. Let's go plus two. Yeah, so they're plus, a plus three. Yeah. All right, now we can, but what we would do is do by the ratios we said. But okay, same thing with the, let's go Padres with their new lineup.
1: So the lineup, the everyday players are plus two.
0: Okay, plus two? Yeah. Uh
1: huh. And I would say plus one and plus one for the starting pitching in the Bullpen. So
0: right off by that, that means that you look at the, do- or Padres is better than the Dodgers. For a playoff uh, this is, yeah. yes mm-hmm. okay that's that's powerful and then mets plus two for starting pitching
1: plus two for starting pitching even for bullpen even for lineup probably
0: okay all right so
1: maybe plus one for lineup if i'm going to give it that but even yeah all
0: right let's go plus one mm-hmm. all right we certainly want to do atlanta here so atlanta starting pitching
1: Atlanta starting pitching is a plus one.
0: Okay, and bullpen? An
1: even, plus a half maybe.
0: All right, let's do plus a half. We can okay. do And how about every day? Every day
1: is a plus one.
0: Okay, and you say there's a team that's a long shot you like?
1: Yeah, I think there's a long shot play here in the National League that uh, I would not be surprised, especially with the additions they made here at the deadline, that makes a run in the postseason, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies.
0: Do you see the professional way he just kept everyone waiting and wait? He didn't he didn't step on the lead, did he? Draws you in. Uh All right, so Phillies, what are those? That's twenty to to one to win the National League. And the to win the World Series, a 45-1, to 1, mm-hmm. so okay, excellent. Um, okay, starting pitching?
1: Starting pitching, I, I give now with the addition of Noah Syndergaard, back in the National League East, a place where he's comfortable pitching, I give him a 1.5. All
0: right, so we're going to have an extra yeah. half there. Okay, yeah. uh, bullpen?
1: Bullpens even, I think.
0: All right, and everyday players for Philly?
1: It's at least a plus one. Uh, we're assuming Harper back healthy. So mm-hmm. if Harper back healthy, it's at least a plus one. Maybe okay. a plus 1.25.
0: All right, all right. So here's what's interesting. McKenzie's been doing this on the spreadsheet. Actually, let's give them a plus 1.25, actually. All all right. I like this lineup. All right, so here's
1: Again, our... big caveat, though. Harper's got to be back, and he's coming back, but well, that's the thing.
0: It sounds like he's coming back.
1: He is coming back, but if there's any setback in his rehab, you know, like if something wrong— Now, here's the
0: question. Are any of these teams questionable for the playoffs?
1: The Phillies right now are in, in a—if the season ended today, they're a wild card team.
0: And so I guess what I'm saying is with all the other teams, are almost locked to the playoffs. But Philly, there's uncertainty. There's a team that could catch them, right?
1: Well, they're a game up on the Cardinals, but the Padres are two and a half games up on the Cardinals. So the Padres aren't that far ahead either.
0: Yeah, so what I would say is kind of let – with both – so the two teams that we think are actually good long shots, the question is if we gain the certainty of seeing that they're going to make the playoffs, do we lose more than – because what I found is – when it comes time for the playoffs, the teams that feel like long shots get a nice jumbo price, mm-hmm. even though you might say, well, hell, they were 20, they were, you know, maybe it's 25 to one now, they'll be 20 to one, even though they had probably a 30% chance not to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's still, oh, they're not going to win. It's a yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm almost thinking I, I would wait on these long shots myself so they lock in or get to be 90% playoff teams.
1: Let's remember, last year on August 1st, the Atlanta Braves were three games under 500. uh-huh And they went, what, 33-16 and 16 or something down the stretch and then roll through the playoffs and win the World Series?
0: Which makes my like, point. You know, is, is, is yeah. Some of these teams might not even make the play. So I think if you're taking a real long shot, Right, and Atlanta or something like last year mm-hmm. that you can get 150 to one or whatever. at And I mean, what was Atlanta's payoff at that point?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's it might be something like what what's the what the Phillies right now? What 45 to one? It could be something like that.
0: All right, Mackenzie's on it today. He's got the fan Fangraph playoff odds. Braves are 99 percent. Phillies are 60 percent. Mm-hmm. And what about the Padres? I would assume they're over 60 percent.
2: Eighty-seven percent.
0: Okay. So I might – and here's another thing, and this is a good tip for sports batters. Once there's big news, the bookies are – imagine this. Let's say that you – it comes out that Francis Coppola is doing Godfather 4. All right. Everyone – there's going to be a run on, let's say, Godfather 1 and 2, maybe not 3. (laughs) I like 3 more than most. Let's get one or two uh, on DVD, on 4K, whatever. What would they do? They're naturally going to jack the prices up for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. for about two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. If there was a big trade where a team benefits, they will bring the I, – I will make you any bet that the Padres are going to be better than 10 to 1, meaning payoff bigger yeah. at some, two weeks from now. Okay. Unless yeah. they get super hot, mm-hmm. they're going to be 12 to one. You know 14 to one. 14. Yeah, yeah because right now they're expensive because everyone wants a bed. Yes. So don't if you can beat the wave, beat it, but once the wave starts, let it ride and crest mm-hmm. and then return. Yeah, yeah. And it won't go all the way back to where it was. It will go probably 20 percent of the distance it traveled. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it runs in a way. Okay. let's we got the spreadsheet here. So we took your plus or minus number, or there was no minus. No team had a minus at anything. That's interesting. And we did this. Well, they're all playoff
1: teams. They they, they would not have a minus, yeah.
0: Well, you could, in theory, be under, you know, slightly less than average in one aspect. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I would look at the Brewers. I might give them, like, a minus on their their position players.
0: But you don't look at them as a good bet, potentially? No, I actually think the Cardinals are going to win that division. Okay. So... Well, that's interesting. And do you think the Cardinals uh, are a good playoff team if they make it? Not really. Though.
1: No, I just think they're, I think they're a talented team that never goes away. I don't oh. know if I would uh, bet them to win in the playoffs.
0: So we're waiting. Starting pitching, 45%. Bullpen, 30%. Everyday players, 25%. Mm-hmm. If you do the math, the ranking is the best team in the National League for the playoffs is the San Diego Padres with a 1.2. The Mets are second with a one oh, – I'm sorry. The San Diego is 1.25. The Mets are 1.2. So those two are right there. Then there's a big drop to the Dodgers, 0.95. And Atlanta is 0.85. And third, though, I, I mixed it up. Third is Philly. So let me be clear again. San Diego. So you know what threw me, McKenzie. Philly doesn't have a color on them, but I guess they're in the middle, right? So, okay, that makes sense right. the way you did the color. So one is San Diego. Two are the Mets. Now, there's a big drop-off. Three is Philly, four Dodgers, five Atlanta. Now, Dodgers are the clear favorites to win the World Series. Yeah. Obviously, you're taking a position different than the market. Yes. How would you explain that position, meaning define it? Where do you feel? like If the market was doing this analysis, Mm -hmm. what would they say different than you?
1: The market would say they have an an all-star in every position. That's okay. What they say. They would... Which
0: is the everyday gets it, a... yes. and you just don't wait the everyday. No, as much. I wait
1: in the playoffs. I wait starting pitching. Okay. Okay. And also their bullpen. I don't trust Craig Kimbrell as a closer because we've seen his faults. And if you're giving the starting pitching lineup, if I... if I'm going into a seven game series and I know that it's going to be a battle of Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, and Clayton Kershaw against Degrom, Scherzer, and you know Bassett. I favor the Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets 1-2 and two is so much better than the Dodgers package. And even if I go to the Phillies, Wheeler, Nola, and now Syndergaard against, again, Urias, Gonsolin, Kershaw, I am not a big believer in the Dodgers starting rotation. And I think that that's going to be the most important thing in the playoffs. Now, can they slug their way to victories? Of course. This offense is insane. But I think the it postseason— It doesn't happen in the
0: playoffs that I often. think
1: the postseason—that's why the Yankees have had problems— Year after
0: year in the postseason. And let's be honest, so have the Dodgers. Yes. I mean, I don't know how much we discount the COVID year, mm-hmm. but they have one title. Yeah. And if you think about it, how many times have the Yankees and the Dodgers best in the line-ups. last five years best line-ups. M- been in the playoffs mm-hmm. and they've won combined once? Yep. And they've had the best lineups going in. But that that's really, not what that, wins that, in the playoffs. That really makes your case that it's not about the everyday lineup. Because they've had the best. Best well, lineups. Yeah. All stars at every position. It's pretty compelling. Thank you. P- so, how would you? And listen, execution isn't your strongest suit. You're, you know, you're here, you're learning. Meaning, you're in Vegas, mm-hmm. you're learning. How would you approach getting getting exposure to some of these? If, if people like what you're saying, yeah. How would you approach it?
1: Um, when it comes to time for the playoffs, wait I'd be, for that. I'd be betting against the Dodgers in these series. You know, I'd be betting on the Mets. I'd be like, if so
0: it, if it's Padres, Dodgers, I'd be betting on the Padres. Yeah, and I mean, shit, that would probably be a pretty significant underdog. I mean, I guess Padres not, but certainly Philly. Yeah, yeah.
1: I would. I would bet Philly and like if it's the division series and it's the Dodgers and the Phillies, I would bet the Phillies.
0: I mean, I don't know baseball very well, but I'm betting Dodgers like minus four fifty or something in that right. Could be probably it's a big number. Yeah. I would think. Mackenzie, you're not a baseball guy. Does this convince you?
2: Yes. And just off of your insight, Scott, I looked up average baseball totals since 2010. It's dropped about a run per game, 8.5 runs in the regular season, only 7.6 runs in the playoffs since 2010. And that's been consistent since 2004. So a little bit of insight, looked it up, the numbers back up what you're saying.
0: Okay. Now you said something that was contradictory. Are we looking at runs scored or are we looking at the over under batting totals?
2: Over, under betting totals.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So I think, you know, I think we leave on a high. <laughs> that was good. I, but I'll, gi- I'll give you one, I'll give you 90 seconds for one other, like, really inside baseball tidbit if you got one for oh, us. Oh, wow. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to let you ponder that mm-hmm. because we got Dave Esler with another bet here. You know, so it'll be our third best bet. In a way, you're given two, I mean, you gave multiple best bets today, Scott. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, Esler is in college football. And he's got a win total, and it's involving Wake Forest. Let's listen.
4: I love it. I bet Wake Forest under eight and a half regular season wins. I mean, Wake brings back Sam Hartman, who is the 10th-ranked quarterback in the draft next year. They bring back their leading receiver, A.T. Perry, the 11th-ranked receiver in next year's draft. So you'd think they'd improve on their 9-3 and three regular season record last year. But the market says otherwise, and I agree 100%. The starters, Hartman has to face two quarterbacks ranked higher in the draft than he is, and most scouts don't think Perry really has NFL speed. But it's what they lose and their schedule that I think is even more important. They lose their second-leading receiver, Jakari Robinson, who caught 71 passes for a 1,000 yards, to the Dallas Cowboys. They lose their leading running back by a transfer to the Gamecocks and Nick Skyba to the Steelers who only made all 65 extra point attempts and 23 of 25 field goals. And Wake had four games last year decided by three points. And they won three of them. So Skyba is a very underestimated loss. On defense, they lost Luke Masterson to the Cowboys. He was their leading tackler. But on a defense that was fourth worst in yards per play in the ACC, 84th in the nation. The schedule is tough. They'll beat VMI Vanderbilt. Then they have a dangerous Liberty team the week before they play Clemson. Without a week off, they're in Tallahassee and back home to a very dangerous Army team. So there's two and maybe three losses before a bye. The next three, after the bye, they're at Louisville, NC State, home to North Carolina, and Syracuse who took them into OT last year. I think that's one, maybe two more losses. And for Wake to lose only three games and thus this bet, the math agrees with the market. They'd have to play perfect and injury-free football all year. So I bet Wake under eight and a half
0: regular season wins. Well, listen, if it's Diamond Dave, some call him Uncle Dave. I pretty much follow. I've made a lot of money against guys. You know, they're like, Dave doesn't really sound like a wise guy. Well, If it's wise to make money, I like Dave Astler. Dave underscore Esler on Twitter. That's E-S-S-L-E-R. The reason I like this a little bit, and again, I'm not a college football expert. He, it's about the schedule. Or one of the keys. And to me, schedule strength in college football, it's so much more disparate than it is in uh, NFL. The range in the NFL is pretty limited, right? The best schedule or the hardest versus the easiest, it's, it's different, but not that different. But just look at the SEC, for example, where like Georgia this year, and this is something I talked about with AJ on the pod coming up, Georgia this year, uh, doesn't have to play Alabama. They play the two easiest teams from, what, the East, I guess. And how different is that than playing Alabama, for example, one of those games? So he's accounting for that under Wake Forest. And now we got 90 seconds with Scott before we cut him off and end the pod. Nine.
1: All right. Go you, ahead. you missed the best of the number but it's Oh, do you have it in your pocket? I don't have it. Okay. But I wish I did <laughs> because we missed the best of this number and it's it's telling that, you know, What
0: the, number are we talking about?
1: We're talking about the odds to win the American League Cy Young award which re, which the market reacts with every start and the reason why we missed the best of this number on Dylan Cease of the White Sox is because he had another good outing a couple of days ago, and Shane McClanahan from the Rays, who was the favorite, had a bad outing. So what happened? The market naturally flipped. Dylan Cease was at 10-1. to He is now at 5-1. to I would still buy in on Dylan Cease. He has had, over the last 12 games, arguably the best pitching numbers of anybody in baseball. He's only given up four earned runs in those 12 games. All four were on four solo home runs. So four bad pitches in 12 games. No one's pitching better than Dylan Cease right now.
0: So, And what's the current number? Five to one. Okay. Here's what I've noticed, and I'm going to do a real long piece on this in the next week or two. Whenever it's been MVP or Heisman, and I think Cy Young fits Mm -hmm. into this category, because of the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. We get bored of favorites in almost every year in the last three or so years who the Heisman winner was in week 10 when it's almost the season's almost over. It's like three weeks left. It has the favorite then hasn't won like a, more than a majority of the time. In the MVP, Tom Brady was like the MVP last year. Everyone, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Then he had one bad game against the Saints late. And then boom! All of a sudden, it was Aaron Rodgers. You think back to Aaron Rodgers two years ago. Him and Mahomes were neck and neck till like week, you know, whatever thirteen, fourteen. Boom! I think that was a week that Mahomes was had a bye, and it's and Tua is the best example. Tua was like the preordained favorite, yeah. and then boom! There was a surge. Mm-hmm. It's because we get sick and tired of hearing about the same old favorites. We're looking for some reason to. Sure. To flip the script yeah. as a betting market and as voters, and as voters. Mm-hmm. And I think that any to look to play long shots right when we're moving towards the point where the script typically flips, I think has been super profitable and is something I'm looking to do. So, like you're talking about, a, you might think, hey, the seasons, what is the season over wise by game ratio? Like, more than halfway. Yeah. Well, far more than yeah. halfway, right? So you would think 5-1, to one, it's a longer shot. I'm thinking the idea of someone surging, this is a market where it could very easily happen. Because yeah. we're sick of the same favor. Especially if you had the same favor since the preseason.
1: Yeah, we've played out of 162, we've played 100 and, uh, a
0: little over 100 games already. Uh, is that right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't follow this closely. Yeah. Um isn't that kind of what we saw with Judge and Otani? Is that, and I know it's. Well, with flipped,
1: every home run Judge hits, the price goes
0: up and I know bit more. it's flipped back, <laughs> yeah. but what I'm saying is Judge was the favorite the whole year. Uh-huh. Otani had like one or two good pitching out, or probably a little more than that. And one day it just flipped where all of a sudden they were at even money. Mm-hmm. And now Judge keeps going. So, But boy, didn't it seem like the market wanted to get Otani up yes. there
2: really fast? Yep.
0: What do you think of that, McKenzie?
2: In- incredibly strong stuff. Talking about Rodgers, he was 6-1. to one, Then a couple days went by, he was plus 160 last year. One good game, he was minus 175. So over 10 days, he went from 6-1 to one to <laughs> minus 175. It wasn't because he played so well. He, you caught on to a theme that was going on in the zeitgeist of America. Well, the same thing happened with Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott was, what, minus 800
1: to win the award?
0: This was last year. Last year. okay.
1: And then Joe Burrow has the final stretch of the regular season, and Dak underperforms. Joe Burrow's your comeback player of
0: the year. Exact same thing was rookie of the year on offense. Yeah, remember it was um, it was going to be Mac Jones and Mac Jones was like yeah. a pr- and then boom, he was the guy. Chase had a couple good games and it flips it. Mm-hmm. This has happened like almost every market yeah. that, that that is like a award market. Mm-hmm. And McKenzie, what's fascinating is 17th plus 600, this is now Rogers. 20th plus 160, 27th minus 175, but do one more week, it's going to be like minus 1,000, yeah. right? So he became a lock, right? Yeah, we're getting that up. One yeah, second. yeah, I'm just saying, is, we'll wait for a second for it, but... I, I tell you, I've just the Tua thing was the first time I noticed it. It was one day, it was a foregone conclusion. Next day, Tua was an underdog. It's said, like, "What is going on here?" January
2: third, minus four hundred, Rogers. Wow.
0: All right, guys, take that with you. You know what they say: teach a man to fish, he eats every, you know, he eats lunch every day. But if you want to fish, if you want to send me a fish sandwich, make it a coupon maybe for a fish sandwich. Do you like Long John Silver's?
1: Not a fish guy. I'll I'll eat tuna fish. I'll eat uh, some sushi. But but in sushi, I only go tuna. or. I bet you go
0: California roll. Which one is that? The one with no fish in it.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I I do the fish. I'll do the Philadelphia roll. We'll continue this. the salmon and the cream cheese.
0: (laughs) This is going to continue, but we're going to let you guys go. Talk to you next week. (laughs) All right. Good job.